Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at surfa, S-E-R-F-A, CBD. Use promo code late night with chalky at checkout for 20% off surfacbd.com. WaveKey is the world's most comprehensive land-based sensory surf discipline. The brainchild of former number one surfer Brad Gerlach, WaveKey's martial art-like focus on slow, precise, land-based movements embed powerful surfing patterns and fundamental technique for surfers of all levels. WaveKey is a land-based program allowing you to achieve a heightened focus on the movements as you practice. The effects of this are amplified when the practice begins to subliminally emerge in your surfing. It takes time for this to happen, but when it does, your surfing improves dramatically. Brad Gerlach is front and center in all aspects of the unique Wave Key course, presenting recorded videos, live session videos, Q's and A's, and insightful expert notes. Nuggets of gold that you simply won't find anywhere else. Wave Key for the love of surfing. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week, an incredible, talented artist, writer, singer, and musician. People might not know this, but he ran for governor in 2003 on the recall. I did not know this. He writes books, or you call them novels, I guess, and he practices hypnotherapy. I love it. Sober since 1989, he has helped countless others battle addiction through his own personal experiences and through his writings about recovery. But before all that goody tissue stuff, this guy, he grew up in Long Beach as a rebellious skater, surface, surfer, sorry, badass punk rocker that was heavily into music and drugs at an early age. We're going to get into that. In high school, him and his good friend Todd Barnes stole a girlfriend's guitar and amplifier, and the rest is history, folks. Punk music was forever changed, and so were surf movie soundtracks. 
we welcome the one and only OG influential punk rockers of all time, True Sounds of Liberty, TSOL, Jack Grisham. That was a mouthful, bro. Hey, good job on the intro, bro. That was amazing. <laughs> that was rough to listen to. <laughs> you know, you're hearing about us and yourself. You know, it's like, okay. Hey. Yeah. But a lot. Thank you. Dude, yes. thank you, you left so out, much. You left out director. Oh. I've been making movies, too. Dude, so really? <laughs> I love you it. You know, I, I think I have it here in my bullet points somewhere. I'm teasing you, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not teasing you. I am making movies, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was just... Uh, yeah. Dude. All right. We got to play this song. Hey. You... Hold on a second. I would have to play anything, do we? Yeah. No, just... just I have to. Okay, well... thinking about this the whole time. So, so we started talking about nicknames. You didn't have a nickname, huh? No. Well, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's not enough of that. Ha, ha. P-S-O-L. Hey, okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah, no, they want to hear the nickname stuff. That's funny yeah. because uh, so so a couple of a couple of years, I think 20, 2011 or whatever. They they gave me the city of Huntington Beach gave me a distinguished artist award, right? And it was Whoa. funny because the mayor signed it and the whole deal, and there was like a party and and we we're laughing because I had been arrested. You know, I'd been in that jail like seven times. You know, <laughs> and. Uh, and always, like, I, I had different names, like different, back then, different nicknames. They called me Big Man or Johnny. I, I had this stupid band before we did T.S. Wells called Johnny Coat Hanger and the Abortions. <laughs> Just a punk rock, you know, rough yeah. punk rock band. And uh, I was Johnny Coat Hanger and then Johnny Xerox. They called me Big Man. And uh, and it was funny. So in the in the police station, one of these times, they're asking for aliases. Huntington Beach was so heavy on on getting people and photographing them yeah. and getting all their aliases and they're going I, okay what's your alias i, I go, got oh, a couple uh, here I, I wrote them down <laughs> so, really? yeah jack lloyd jones jack, jack gregors yeah. alex morgan jack ladogs ladoga yeah ladoga yeah, street oh it's all oh but i then there were other ones so the police are going okay so what's your aliases i go oh it's this 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 and jimmy woo and i'm giving them all these <laughs> aliases and then we walk right by the first cell after I gave him like 30 aliases. We walk by the first cell and some guy I knew was in there and he sees me and goes, Hey, big man. And I had not given him big man, you know, because they called me that too. So it was uh, you know, oh, a lot so... of aliases. All right. Yeah. Be- before we get into the here and now, let's go back and tell us how you got started in the surfing. Oh, well, so I had a sister. So so the first time, you know, I, I think about this all the time. The first wave I caught was uh, December. It was December of 1969. And uh, so I've been out in the water since then. It was Fifth Street in Seal Beach. Wow. And uh, paddled out, and I was on a 10-6 Bob Carbonell. And it was so heavy. You know, it was so heavy. It took me and my brother both to take it. We got it for Christmas in 69 and uh you know we carried it down you know dad pulled the station wagon up and walked out of fifth street and uh, carried it out and i i paddled out and i got my first wave i was eight years old and uh got my first wave and rode it stood up and rode it straight into shore and then got out and dug a hole in the sand and laid down in it <laughs> just got like How, you know just, just out. was yeah. your brother older than you younger yeah than my you? brother was okay it's time to commit 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Soldered me, and he was actually a, he was a good surfer. He was better than me for a, for a while, and then uh, and then I just started like I just loved it, man. Like I just really got where I just dug it. Like yeah. the ocean and me had a really cool relationship, and uh, and and it was and it was nice because especially when you're younger. Because younger, the, the older guys don't really dig the younger kids, you know. But but I was lucky. I was surfing good, so the older guys were always cool with me. It's yeah. like, oh, Jack, what's up? You know, and, and I always paddled out, like, when the days were good size around here. I was always willing to go. And, uh, you know, and it was it was just cool, man. Yeah. Just. But your brother was, what, a year or two older than Two you? years older than me. Okay. Yeah. And he's already surfing before you? No, we started together. At the same time? Yeah, we started together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it just, uh, and then I just stayed with it. He got hit in the head, got his head split open, and uh, from the board. Yeah, I think it crabs later on. It crabs. That was about it for him. That was the end, you yeah. know. And uh, but for me, I just kept, I kept going, and I always dug, like the surf culture. I I dug it. My we had an older sister, much twelve, so she's twelve years older than me, and she had boyfriends that surfed. And this was when, this is back when the early 60s, when they all have like knots on their knees and, you know, riding big long boards. And they were always like these cool troublemaker guys. Like if you think Big Wednesday, like you think Big Wednesday, think the Pump House Gang, think the guys at Wind and Sea, Butch Van Artsdale, all those guys, you know, they were like troublemaking punks before punk rock. They were punks before punk rock. But they were hippies that were... Well, these no, these guys were clean cut. Like, yeah. you remember, remember, big, remember in Big Wednesday when Jan Michael Vincent's all bummed out because he walks, you know, he goes into his favorite diner and they're all hippies now. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. a bummer, right? So, but 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 the guys I dug and like idolized, they weren't hippies. They were like like troublemakers, man. Yeah. And yeah. and you'd hear they were stories. Like greasers. Oh, kind of, well, yeah, like, kind of like, but good looking, you yeah, know, yeah. short cut, you know, short yeah. cool. Dean style. Exactly. They were like the Got it. but yeah. cool jock. Right, but you they get, wanted to be ripped and good, and they, they took right. care of themselves. Like. Yeah, and then you get into like if you read some of those early stories. So you got to think in the fifties, like World War Two had just ended. So so their parents had come back with you know their dads had had Nazi uniforms and helmets, and so these guys were wearing this shit and driving around and yeah. causing trouble and just being wild. Like yeah. and, and that was the part, like the wildness. That was what got me. Yeah. Like the, just on the edge yeah. constantly. So. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew Beach? up in Long Beach. Okay. I grew up in Long Beach, and uh, right, right uh, over by Millican High School. That's where I grew up. My, house my yeah, the house is still there. The house cool. is still there. So uh, that's where I grew up, and uh, and just you know started surfing in every chance I got. 
every chance I got, I was in the water. Yeah. Just constantly. So your sister's boyfriends, they, they were pulling you down to the, to the beach early? No, they were, old, they were way older. But I just remember thinking how cool they were. Yeah. You know, and that's what kind of got me. And then, and then I just started going, hustling any way I could get there. Hitchhiking. I mean, I was hitchhiking when I was in sixth grade. So like I think about it now when I see little kids now, right? Like sixth graders. Yeah. I mean, I was constantly hitchhiking, like sixth grade, and so just nuts. you know, always back just then, hustling. Back then, that was a mode of transportation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was scary back then, though, too. But yeah. but you know, it's like, but it was. I was always going. Just that was it. And, and was skateboarding starting to? to yeah, be ska- for you I never too? like got like skateboarding a little bit, but I never got into skating as much as I did surfing. Like yeah. like I skated, but it's like surfing was really what what was mine. Yeah. That, seal that Beach was, was the spot. Surfing a lot of seal, yeah, a lot of seal. South side in the winter, you know, it's always surfing south side in the winter. You know, the jetty in the summer when it's big, and then and then you know hustling down to Surfside yeah. or the cliffs. Yeah. Like when I started surfing back in the cliffs, there used to be a road. You know, I tell people I sound like an old man. You know, there used to be a road through yeah. here. Because it'd be dirt, single lane. Yeah, because there, there was, was no uh, meters. There was no, no well, there was, spots. and there was a road next to the water. Like the, the lifeguards that they went down, there was a road there, and then there was a hot oil pipe. They used to run over the top, and and it would be hot water or whatever. And so on the winter days, you sit your ass on it and. Mm. Uh, you know, warm up on this hot pipe that was running down there. But but surfing the cliffs back then, you know, Huntington Cliffs was like an adventure. It was like a hidden, cool spot, you know, because it wasn't as easy accessible. You just kind of, you know, anyway, so... Uh, Do you remember what kind of boards, you know, you mentioned your first longboard, but, you know, like, yeah, who was yeah. the shaper? Harbor, back? like Rich Harbor, yeah. Rich Harbor, Bruce Jones, uh, you know, getting some Bruce, and then, and then you know, coming down, kind of what, what I think, you know... I mean, I was thinking about some of my favorite boards through the year. Like, I had a Mark Richards twin fin, like wow. a real Mark Richards twin fin that wow. was just bitching. I just love that 20. And I had a Carl Hayward one, and uh, and then I had a, you know, a Jerry, uh, Jerry Lopez-shaped round pin that was just badass, too. Sure. Uh, yellow with a lightning bolt, red lightning yes. bolt on it. And, uh, you know, and just, just, you know, grabbing boards all the time. And Yeah. So who, who was... Uh was there any kind of localism when you were younger, like at Seal Beach and? Yeah, there were. I mean, there were the guys. You know, there were the guy. That, there were some of those guys that were heavies. You know, and I, and I mean, I, I hate being an asshole, but you know, sometimes I miss that. Yeah. Because there is, does need to be some regulation out yeah, in the water. Sure. It's like, look, look, you know, look, you got to know your spot. Like, yeah. like, hey, we're not going to be an. We don't want to be an asshole. And you're welcome, aloha, and all that love and stuff, but. You're going to understand that this is the order and this is where you're going to go and you're not going to go that. You're going to show respect. And and that was what I learned as a kid. Yeah, it's like, hey, did. we yeah. have a certain thing here, man. Now, now if you cross that, you could get a Duncan. Yeah. You, you know, you're going to get a Duncan yeah. and you're going to get something in a... Yeah. So I don't like, like guys that are just total assholes. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all, it went from like one extreme to the other. Like we grew up and it was like, I mean, even a kid like me surfing the pier, yeah, the old guys, you know, put you in check, but you, you even if I crossed that line, I was getting beat down. You yeah. know, there was no favoritism. Like it, it, the rules yeah. were the same for yeah. everybody. The line's the line. Yeah, well, the line. I remember <laughs> I was surfing. I was surfing V Land, uh, and uh, Junior and I were the only two guys out in the water, right? And Junior, you know, the, the, he, you know, he's been gone for years now, but uh, you know, I was, I was terrified. I was terrified. You know, he's got like the big pineapple on his stomach or whatever. You know, and. 
And I, I was out there my first trip to VLAN, and, and VLAN at the time is like, you know, hey, you don't go to VLAN, man, yeah, you know, unless you get invited. <laughs> yeah, but I ended up going. It was the two of us out in the water, man, and he, like, I would start to paddle, he'd paddle. I'd stop, he'd stop, you know, and he just kept staring at me, and I'm just terrified, man. I was like, I'm just terrified. And, How uh, old were you in that? God, at the time, I was probably like 15 or 16 years oh, old, shit. man. I was pretty young, yeah. you know, maybe 16. And uh, But have you always been a big kid or yeah big but i was tall? thin yeah. yeah tall but thin you know yeah. tall and thin and uh anyway so finally he went on a wave and and the set came through that was a little big for vlan like a little wash bit through. like because vlan can wash through sometimes but this one didn't it didn't wash through and and i was back and i i just because i'm thinking what am i gonna do i was i literally in my head i was thinking i'm gonna punch this guy and then run for the airport that's like my it's <laughs> just going out. on in my head man and uh and anyway, uh, so I got this nice barrel like right behind him. So he had got this wave and it kicked out. And then I got this deep so he was looking at you badass. In. Yeah. And, and I got this nice barrel right in front of him. And I, I kick out and he goes, oh, nice wave, bro. He goes, nice wave, bro. And then we were cool. Then That's it was like, cool. okay, we're having a nice time. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, but the, so, so localism, you know, I, I had served Santa Cruz when I was like in seventh grade. Wow. You know, there was some of that up there. I served Middle Peak at yeah. Steamers in seventh grade. And, and at the time, there weren't a lot of little kids paddling out. Yeah. And that sh- like nowadays, you see more of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's crazy now. And, but back then, there wasn't. But you, you'd you get those guys. Who would take you to Santa Cruz and all these uh, My friend's things. mother. Okay. My friend's mom. I, it was always cool. You know, you'd find those people that wanted to support... Uh, support you surfing instead of supporting you getting in trouble yeah Yeah. you know it's like i I remember even my dad my dad cut a deal with me i was causing so much trouble and he read this thing and he said hey you know uh whatever the surf's good let's make a deal you go to school and do the right thing and if a swell comes in you don't have to go to school and i'm like oh that's an excellent deal wow sign me up up. i wish i could have stayed with that but that didn't happen I was thinking it was Mike Downey. I was thinking of Downey one time. It's yeah. funny the first time I'd ever saw Mike, I was tripping because you know Mike's a Mike's a good looking dude and yeah. powerful and you know and he was out on the pier with a bag of oranges hitting people with oranges from the pier. Shit, man! Regulating, yeah, regulating, yeah, bagging people with with oranges. That's you know, funny. Yeah. That is hilarious. I mean, I, I didn't see any of that, but I, I could imagine for sure. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You know, it was pretty funny. So that day when you were eight, year old, eight years old with your brother on that longboard, that was pretty much changed the, the way you thought of, like, what you wanted to do. Right. Surfing. Yeah, it was just, you know, the, and like I said, the, the surfing, the ocean me just had a different kind of relationship, you know. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think it's funny now. So being a musician that surfs, it, it's funny, like... Like, I don't care anything I've done with music. Yeah. I would much rather talk. I would much rather somebody say, oh, man, I saw you just get the killer bomb out there. I would much rather somebody come up to me and say that. Yeah. Then, oh, I've been listening to records for years, man. It's like, yeah, whatever. Did you see that wave? (laughs) (laughs) And then you get so many of these surf star guys, and they want to be musicians. You know what I mean? They all got their guitars out playing musicians. Yeah. We'll anyway, talk about that later, but that's funny. I would have much rather been on the cover of Surfing than Rolling Stone any <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> I would have traded it in a heartbeat. So hey, you had a knack for music, and, yeah. and yeah, look what it done. You know, like that's awesome. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like it wasn't really 
Like I got kind of suckered into music because punk rock. When I got into it, you didn't have to be able to sing. Mm. It wasn't about. It was you know. It was almost like a drunken karaoke jam. Yeah. Like nobody cared. Yeah. So you just like the band. Wham, the band's making noise. You're up yelling and going <clears throat> crazy, and then. I just happened to, because I'm not like a great, I'm not a good singer, man. Yeah. So it's, so, but I'm good at like causing shit, stirring shit up. Yeah. Like I'm a real good shit stirrer, man. You're, you're, <laughs> a, you're a showman. Yeah. yeah. So a performer. You're but, a performer. Uh, but then I got sucked into it. Next thing I know, you know, people are buying records and then I'm like trying to be better. And it's like, right, before we get to the music <laughs> yeah. part, you're, you're growing up, you're, you're eight years old, you, you start surfing more and more. Um, you're hitchhiking to the beach, like you said. Um, your first surf trip was at 15 or like... No, younger than that. Okay. Shoot, I was going down south before that. I was going down like south. To, to trestles yeah. and... Well, and here's what's... Now, see, here's what's mentioned. So, everyone these days is always lowers, lowers, lowers. Well, lowers was nothing. Before the storms, lowers was not a wave. I mean, it was, but it wasn't a great wave. Yeah. People were surfing churches or uppers. It wasn't until we had that the huge storm that washed it all out, yeah. changed everything at lowers. And my dad was military. Mm. So my old man was military and he was an officer. So the minute I could drive, I would take his van because it had officer stickers on the, on the van. Right, and I would take his van, and we'd pull up at the guard gate at, at Barcelona Road, and they'd salute us in, and then we would we would go in, and then I had done a lot of like exploring in there and going around, so we would get in, and then come down the come down the back road, cut through these fields, and we'd go down the path that you walk down uppers. We would actually drive down that road and put the car right there underneath yeah. that. We'd put the van right underneath the the. Uh, railroad track wow. put it right there or we would just park on lowers point yeah and nobody was there and nobody even liked lowers it was yeah. kind of a junky the bottom wasn't as cool as it is now yeah. you know so yeah i mean that whole zone with you know was i mean there's a few good waves that i've heard about like even past lowers. like well past like san ofri mm -hmm. you know oh yeah yeah there's you, like a little knuckle down before the lookout and my dad used to said yeah we used to be able to like drive down that road and you'd have to like huff it in a little bit but there was another good little peak down there see that we did that too yeah. i would go down that i buried i buried the van in a yeah. tank track on uh super bowl on uh on super bowl sunday <laughs> i went out and buried my dad's van Ooh. and you know a camper you know it was a bitching camper van i buried his van in a tank track on, uh. on super bowl sunday and had to call my dad to come get us you know and it was like i literally i got a bloody nose at the phone booth i was so stressed out man because my dad was like millet my dad was pretty much of a badass i used to have to salute him when i was a kid so oh it was like gosh. to call him and say hey you know what put down the cheese it's in the coors pops you gotta come get on me super I buried, bowl sunday. on super bowl sunday i oh, buried the van up to the doors you know in, ta in tank not tracks, the call but, you want to make yeah <laughs> so you, you're saying you got you got into a lot of trouble what kind of trouble were you getting well, yourself always, into you know it's like it's funny because some people talk about like I mean I got into punk rock not because I liked the music but I got into punk rock because I liked the trouble but when I was a surfer I was I was causing trouble I, I mean that was just 
you know, making bombs. I was making bombs. You know, I looked like a little girl, man. I had hair down to my elbows, you know, long blonde hair down to my elbows, but I'd be making bombs. I'd be, you know, making making pipe bombs, making gas bombs, you know, blowing <coughs> why, the street up. Why were you making bombs? Because I, I just liked it, man. Did I, you I blow just, shit up? Yeah, I blew a lot of shit up. Yeah, it's just... Uh, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. You know, I just liked I like I was I was I liked that being crazy. Yeah. I liked the whole, you know, push it. Yeah, I used to play a game at the wedge uh called uh, Rough the Danger. I had made this game up called Rough the Danger. Rough? And yeah, it's called Rough the Danger. It even sounds like a kid's name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's play Rough the Danger. And and so what it was was on a swell day, this is totally ridiculous. Kids don't try this at home. Uh I would go and so after the after the set came through, I would go down and wedge myself into the rocks and what? get as wedged as tight as I could into the rocks, and then wedge myself in when the next set came rolling over see the rocks. See if you could, see if you could rough the danger, like if you could wedge yourself into the crevice and uh, what? Yeah, like like get you'd get yourself like yeah, a crap. Just, just get get tight, just hang on to it, man, and then the wash should just roll over you. And it was just not it was a gnarly game. And then I pushed one time. I, I had gone down and wedged myself in, and then the wave that was coming into the rocks, it was like too big. And so I got scared and I tried to get out. And, and then I thought, oh, I'm too late to get out, try to get back in. And I couldn't get back in. And then it just exploded, man. And I just had cuts all over me, just all, you know. How freaking. That's a gnarly. When the wedge was breaking. Like, yeah, when it was breaking. Not like we're not talking 20 foot, but a yeah. good, you know, good, good six foot. And, and a you, good came up with this idea <laughs> yeah rough the danger to yeah. grab a boulder yeah wedge yourself in well, yes, yeah they're, they're like stacks so you're yeah. finding little cubby holes like a crab dude. yeah <laughs> yeah and it was funny because i was surfing were other kids doing it with you yeah yeah <laughs> just a couple of my a couple of my friends would do it but it was so funny because um i was surfing like camis one day and it was a pretty big day and i had and a set had come in and it was funny because i had burned wick wire and so we were over saying, I burned, you know, wick wire, it's good. You know, my friendship stops at the water line or whatever Chaz's bag is. But, uh, but I burned him and I got inside and it was, you know, it was a pretty good sized day. And I swam down and just, the set was coming in. And I just grabbed onto a rock and I held onto a rock as a wash rolled over me, you know, down, yeah. you know, but just so you don't move. Anyway. And I was just, I, I was laughing because it reminded me of the game. Oh, you know, I thought, my oh, look, you know. So that's pretty, you know, that's like one up in your body right there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's stupid. stupid. But it's also stupid. stupid. It's like, that was the thing. It's like, yeah, you're doing this stuff, but a lot of it was stupid. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, that was dumb. Did you go to jail for making bombs? Um, thankfully, no. Uh, I never... You got all I, your fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got all my fingers. <laughs> um, I never went to jail for making bombs. It was for other stuff, you know. So, yeah. you know, just, and most of it was stupidity. Yeah. A lot of arrest, but stupidity. Yeah. You know. When did you start, like, getting into trouble? Like, what? Oh, right away. Right, right away. Kindergarten? Yeah. Kindergarten? Yeah, yeah, right away. <laughs> I mean, right away. Well, you know, it's funny because my grandparents lived on the, I, I don't know what side you'd call it, I guess the west side of Long Beach. And uh, I was shy. I wasn't even old enough for school, five years old, man. And I was uh, way on the other side of the 710 freeway, and I was at my grandparents. My, I was with my grandma, and I decided, I was, I'm done. I, I want to go back home. And I just took off. And uh, I just I knew the way to get home, 
I, I'd seen it in the car. But you didn't know the street names? So I, knew, I didn't know the street names, out. but I knew the basics. Yeah. And uh, they finally found me on top of Signal Hill in the oil field. Shut <laughs> Just the wandering door. <laughs> at five? Yeah, tired. I was tired, man. Just wandering around, you know. But but so there's you left your grandma's house to start walking? Yeah, and just split. And wow. just took off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't a it's lot. It's a of little sh- safer back then, but yeah, it's a little safer. I I would have been tripping if I saw me, but uh, you yeah. know, I you were born to cause trouble, right? I think you know, I think so. And I feel so, like it's funny. I used to have like be resentful against my dad or yeah. whatever. Like when I was younger, I was resentful against my dad, and then uh, you know, once I got older, I thought, man, if I had a kid like me. You know, be, yeah. well, I'd be beating my ass too. So, yeah. you know? Your dad yeah. was in the military. Did he retire from the military? Or he did thirty yeah. years. He did thirty years. Okay. Fought. He did uh, uh, World War Two, Korea, and Vietnam. Dang. Went all through. Damn. So uh, I come from a military family. So they were all they were all in the military. Yeah. I even tried to join. It was funny. I tried to join at one time, and they called my dad because they knew my dad well. You know. And my dad said no. <laughs> he won't make it. I'm yeah. not vouching for him. He's yeah. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> well, that's what he said. He goes. He he said. I he's, he's up to something. Don't do it. He's up to something. <laughs> Don't give him a gun or a tank yeah. Yeah. or yeah. an airplane. Yeah. yeah. He's made bombs in the past. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny, but you don't really realize that until you get kids of your own. Yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't until I got my kids and I thought, oh my God, man. You so, um, junior high, high school, you were surfing all the time, all uh, the time. going on trips. Who took you to Hawaii? Was that a family trip or was it? I was in high school okay. and I just went on my own. I, I had these other guys that were talking about going. They wanted to go. Like, you know, kid, you know high school, let's go to Hawaii. Let's yeah. go to Hawaii, you know. I said, "Come on, let's save our money. We could go. Yeah, we could go. You know, let's let's yeah. all go. Let's go." Yeah. And uh, at the end, everyone bailed, and, and I went. Yourself. I just said, "I'll go," and I went by myself. You now, know? what did you do for? What was your first jobs as a, as a kid? I did. I just went a hotel. Oh, a job as a kid. Yeah. Um, well, I was working on the boats. I did a lot of boat. I worked on the boats. Sanding, I was, like I was cleaning, sanding. like the sanding, sanding. I painted. I worked for a boat painter, like yeah. a maniac, Don Wilson. This guy's a maniac boat painter. And the way I got a, I saw, and he's still alive. It's badass. I just visited him. He lives in Cambridge. He's gnarly, gnarly, and uh, looks like the Marlboro Man. Total karate. <laughs> this is karate. <laughs> this is karate. He's like really Don gnarly. Wilson. Don Wilson. And they were I, the neighbors across the street. Eddie and Brian Boyce, who were both great surfers, grew up in Hawaii, and uh, they lived across the street. And their dad was like military also, and they had moved here. And they lived across the street, and they were shooting arrows at Don Wilson. Uh, Don Wilson was uh, blocking arrows. They were shooting arrows. Like and they weren't tipped. Yeah. But it's still, style, yeah, but still, but still you get hit, man. Yeah. You're gonna, it's going to hurt, gonna man. Hurt. You know? and, uh, and he was blocking arrows. I thought that was cool. And then uh, I walked over and he goes, he goes <laughs> wax, body man. Yeah. wax on, wax off. Totally. And, uh, and I walked over and he goes, look at the arms on this one. He goes, you'd be a hell of a sander. You know, because I have this seven foot wingspan, right? So, uh, so he brought me and he said, hey, I'll pay you this much. And it was a big, it was like a lot of money, man. Yeah. For like a kid. It was like, wow, that's good. You know, that's killer money. Yeah. 15 years so old. So I'd just be sanding, yeah, sanding down in, har- and Don had been kicked out of every harbor. He had been kicked out of every harbor for violence and whatever. He was really crazy. And so we just we'd be fights with people? Constantly. He was, whether he had inhaled too much paint or whatever his deal was, he, uh, 
we'd be on the dock, you know, we'd be working. I dug it, man, because you're out in yeah. the sun. I'm working. I'm in the yeah. water and just, you know, I was bitching. And, yeah. Um, yeah, great, yeah. great. What a great surrounding. Oh, know, it was like, great, man. Well, what a trippy character. No little faces. So the rule was we can't eat any little faces. So nothing with a face. That's one of the rules. So working for this dude, you can't eat faces. Nothing with a face. No chicken, no fish, no nothing. If it's got a face, you cannot eat it. Wow. That's what? the rule. Yeah, so it's all like He's a vegetarian? He was like a he was kind of like a he wasn't really a vegan cuz he would eat scallops cuz scallops did not have faces. <laughs> and uh you know, but he was he was real and and then we'd have, you know, we'd have oh, it's O pineapple 30. It's O fight 30. So you'd have to go, "Alright, O fight 30. Every tools down." And you have to put your tools down. Then you'd spar on the dock. There'd be sparring, you know, going on on the dock. And then, and then we'd get back to what work. And, uh, and then it was he is a fucking cartoon was, character. Yeah, he was gnarly, and he looked great. Like he yeah. looked like the Marlboro Man. He'd be up in oh, okay. I got, all right, I gotta tell you. Here's a good Don Wilson story. So, uh, so no power tools. So I'm not allowed to have a power tool. <laughs> You know, it's almost oh, like yeah. a bad, a bad stepbrothers <laughs> edition. Like, no power tools, boys. <laughs> so, no power tools. This was all you in the woods. So you're using planers. You're, you're everything you're doing, man. No power tools. Yeah. Every no power tools. You know. So, and I'm sanding and whatever. Anyway, so I'm working on this bitch and this bitch and boat. I'm in the harbor, and Don was always running up to Hollywood to try to get these this movie done that he was Sweet Leilani this movie he had that he was always trying to shop it around well, yeah shopping this so movie so he, he wrote a movie yeah he wrote a movie and he was try, you know and he's, he would be shopping this movie and uh, you know like I said about? it was about Sweet Leilani and her voyage whatever the hell's going on you know what I mean it was yeah. like Did he, was he a character in the movie oh, I, I, yeah I think yeah. he was the the love interest of Leilani or whatever the hell it was but uh so, so wait, can I? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Wilson, he's good looking. He's Marlboro Man. Picture Marlboro, Marlboro Man. Man. That's him. Yeah, fit, totally was fit. He, was Still he fit. Was he? Was no nope. weed. Just weed. Little weed. Well, he'd have wine. He wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't like me. He's he, an outdoorsman. He was just stuff. yeah, solid. Was, yeah, total waterman. But just like kind of a funny crazy something off crazy right something crazy off. yes he <laughs> yeah. would throw paint in the water down here sparring after, like yeah sparring three he <laughs> would throw paint holes. in the water like like if you had a he'd just throw it in the water i go dude man we can't what are you doing you can't do it because it's a shithole down here you come up to cambria you can drink the water when you're surfing <laughs> like, dude, you're crazy man so so i'm working on this bitching boat it's like this 1920s whatever the hell this boat is. and i'm really like just I'm treating that thing like it's it's a Cadillac. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I'm just yeah. taking my time. He goes, I'm going up to Hollywood. I'll go, sweet Leilani. I'm meeting somebody. I go, great, pitching, man. So he goes up to Hollywood, and Hollywood doesn't go well with him. Oh. Right? And he comes back, and he goes, are you still working on that hull? Right? Because I was just, you know, we're going to paint it, man. Yeah. So it's yeah. just got to be like glass. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, God damn it. And he picks up a hatchet. And he just walks down the side of the boat and goes, wham, 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 all what the way the down the hell? side of the boat with a hatchet, just digging it into this hole that Chipping. I had just finished. And he throws the hatchet and he goes, fix that. And he just walks. <laughs> like, so he was nuts. Yeah. He would get nuts, man. And uh, 
you know. But it, but how did you find this guy from across the street? From across the street, yeah. But it, but the funny thing is too, he was also uh, he served with my father. They were on the same ship for a little while. Boy. I got a picture of him and my dad on the same crew. What a trip! Yeah, it was pretty. It was, and he's still alive, still looking good, right. living up in Cambria, right off Moonlight Beach. I just saw him like yeah. like maybe less than a year ago. Still in great shape. And he was walking around with my girlfriend. He's going, this is karate. This is where I train. This, <laughs> this, is, this is how real men vented PTSD right back in the day. They would just fucking so, shit off and just yeah. go on these When you told your dad that you were working with Don Wilson, did he just say, stay away from that No, guy? no, nothing. No, they're totally cool. My dad, you know, my dad, you know, my dad played straight with me, but yeah. wasn't straight. Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't really find out about my pops until he died. Then it's like, God, you were so much like your father. That's why he was always worried about you. It's like, yeah, okay, now I see it. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> but anyway, but just, you know, working in the harbor and doing that was great, yeah. you know, and sure, surfing. What a great off in the sun. Being what a, a great, I mean, different job, yeah. right? Like, yeah. good money. Great money. Yeah. Great money. For that. Yeah, great money for that. You know, how long did, did you work for for him? Oh, on and off for years. And he was a for he years. was successful. Obviously, if he did it, or was he just kind of this lifestyle? Or, I don't know. You man. know, I, I you know I never knew about him. I never knew what he was doing. But he was pretty funny one time because every time I got in trouble, I'd go back and work on the boat. You know, it's like hey, I got to get my head straight. I'm gonna yeah. go work on the boat. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go work on the boats. And uh, one time he goes, I, he goes, I need to talk to you. He goes, let's sit down. Let's you and I sit down. I go, we got work, man. He goes, no, no, the work can wait. Let's sit down. So we sit down. He looks at me and goes, Grisham, you belong in the jungle or in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Don. (laughs) He goes, goes, they don't want you out there. They don't want people like you. You frighten people. They do not want you in the real world. Come to Cambria. Live with me. That's what he was saying. He was pretty funny. Yeah, because he just said, you know, they don't want people like you. He kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, he said, they don't want people like you around here. (laughs) Did did he surf too? He surfed too. Yeah, Yeah, but he was like one of those old dudes that you see with the hood, the gloves, the booties, you know, on the big 12-foot board you know but he's you know he'd be surfing up in cambria yeah. there's a couple spots up there that are just badass those big winter yeah spots that are just gnarly and he'd just go out there by himself on huge days and yeah. just you know sit out there yeah sit out there one of those guys it's like oh, yeah, nice. yeah so yeah. In like high school and stuff did were you like i mean you're obviously getting in trouble but were you a good student like were you, do you when you showed well, up apply yourself like yeah, when you know, when I if I was interested and showed up, yeah, but yeah. half the time I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I just didn't I mean, you know, going to school for me was, you know, where's the party? Yeah. What girls Networking. Are, what girls are here? <laughs> yeah, it's so Yeah, it's like I was so stoked to go back to school. It's like, wow, what girls are here? Where's the party? Like yeah. that was that was it. You know, it's just So your sister was twelve years older, your brother was a year or two older. And I had another brother too that was like eleven years older or whatever. Oh wow. Or, or ten years older. So twelve, ten, one, and then another two years Same mom and dad. Same mom and dad. Wow, yeah. they took a They were long together break. forever. It yeah. took a long break though between kids. Yeah, twelve years, whatever was going on then. Yeah, so, yeah I got ten years. I got, I don't know. Let's see, twelve years, 10, 11 years between Lily and Duke. Yeah, yeah. I got tw- twelve years between my girls. Yeah, two weeks and twelve years apart. They're born right, right together. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, it's, it's the way it happens. Yeah, but so you, you, 
were probably involved in like house parties at an early age if you're you know, oh, you know yeah keg of parties yeah. nooners yeah yeah well and that's what's funny i was thinking that's about what there was i mean it's probably still you know yeah, happens. happening. Yeah. Well, that's what's funny. Like, you not think, in my house. Hear that? Yeah, kids. <laughs> but it is still, you know, it's still going on. But okay, so and I look so straight. Like I said, I look like a sweet little girl, man. Like long when hair. I was a kid, like long hair. I look like a little girl. And it was oh. funny. I was with this guy Mark, and we're at this noon party, and we're out front of the noon party, and I was at the ranchos. Now, if you know the ranchos, so the ranchos, the ranchos were built like in the '50s. Some have bomb shelters in them. It's pretty badass, and. The way the ranchos are set up, there's fences in the front yard. So you kind of enter the fence and then have to walk through the yard and then get to the house and then there's more yards. So it's like a weird, huh. like enclosed. What, what thing. part of Long Beach? Um, well, it's called the ranchos. It's uh, by Eldorado Park. Uh, they're like famous the houses now. The Cliff Mayhomes. Across the street from... Uh, yeah, Studebaker Springs Park? Studebaker. Yeah, yeah. Springs Studebaker. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. those homes. The okay. ranchos. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm out front. Stamps lives in that neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. So I'm out front. I'm talking to my buddy Mark. And it's a, you know, high, you know, it's middle of the week, man. Middle of the week, nooner party. And, uh, you know, the police pull up. And they say, uh, they say, hey, you know, you guys got to get the hell out of here. I go, officer, I was just telling that to my buddy. <laughs> I go, I was just telling him, man. I go, I don't even know how I got over there. He goes, well, you're, make, you're the smart one of this crew, so let's get him and let's get going. Now, my buddy at the time had been smoking angel dust, right? <laughs> Whoa. So he was all dusted out, just kind of sitting there, right? So the cops walk through the front gate, and they go into the house. And the minute they go into the house, I picked up a huge rock it was like a like one of those rocks you have on your front lawn or whatever it was like a boulder and i just picked it up and just put it right through the front windshield of the car and i was like a little look like a little girl man and just took the window out just just oh, took the it car? yeah the cop car just took it out and uh and went running like just started running but mark was so dusted he didn't even know what the hell was going okay. on so why did you do that <laughs> Because you want this, to create a disturbance, or oh, it was just like oh, what you know, this what we're this what we're doing right now. <laughs> I had some problems, man. I had some mental problems. Yeah. There was so uh, so just took the you know took the windshield, took the front windshield right out, and uh, and I went running, and they come out, and Mark's like just stand there, like what, like looking at it, and they just started beating on him. You know, he's only like fifteen years old. Oh my god! And he went down for it. You know, he was just, he was dusted and I had gone, I ran around the corner and just, you know, huffed ass, just took off, you know, so. You know, these cops are busting our noon, I'm going to freaking throw rocks <laughs> yeah. with this freaking thing. Yeah. yeah, this is just, well, the thing is, that, you know, my dad, the thing was, my dad was so, uh, you know, that my dad used to make me salute him, you know, and there was yeah. a lot, there's some physical Discipline. abuse going on at my house. So it was like, look, you, you don't mean anything to me. Yeah. Like, like for me being a kid, I was scared of other kids, but I wasn't afraid of adults. Mm. Like adults was, you know, I didn't like them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the teacher and I didn't like in the minute somebody started authority. saying something to me, that authority, yeah. I just turn on them and no matter what it was, you know, and, uh, you know, it was crazy. I would be scared of a kid, my own age, smaller than me, wanting to fight me. But a cop would show up with a billy club and a gun and a helmet and I'd like, you know, Instant. go after him. Yeah. You know, it's like it was, who knows? So anyway, uh, a lot of stupidity. <laughs> a lot of stupidity. That's an interesting, like, dynamic of how you thought. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, I was, mean, it was a little At the mess. time, you probably didn't even think, you know, 
you didn't think too much into it. Yeah. But as you get older, yeah, right. you start to get older, you start bringing like, up what? these, you know, yeah. issues and, and and that's the thing. It's like so, so I could surf good when I was a kid, and I caused a lot of trouble. And I look good, you know, so it was like I was well liked, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, and I would get kicked out of a bunch of different schools. You know, I went to, I went to Marshall and Stanford and Hill and, you know, kicked out of a bunch of schools, a bunch of different high schools, you know, and, uh, and everywhere I went, they were kind of stoked that I was coming. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're going to have a party. Yeah, it's like, oh, Grisham's here. Did you see, you know? Like I was thinking, I remember this one school that I was, you know, I was in the office the first day of getting kicked into the school and the kids were like going by to look at through the glass, you know, to see me in there. So it was kind of, it was trippy. You always need somebody to break the ice, you know, yeah. and, set, and set the ways, you know, find out how hard you could push it, you know. Oh, here comes Jack. He'll, he'll break them. <laughs> so you yeah. went. And the guys I liked were like that. Yeah. You know, it's were like you? those were the guys that was like, not idiots. Yeah. Not yet. There's some, you know, we're not talking about just idiots. Yeah. You know, we're talking about guys that were, you know, like running a little wild. Yeah. Were you bit, were you matured early? Like, no, no. No. You, you said little, you were man. like lean and tall. Oh, 5'3", 113 pounds, a lot of that. Like I grew like a foot in like a year or something. You know when kids just stretch out yeah. like that? Like I was one of those guys just, you know, just, just sprouted. But anyway. That's crazy. Wild. Yeah. So, what high school did you end up going to? Well, Milliken. Milliken. Milliken I ended okay. up going to Milliken, and uh, and I, I did graduate. I did graduate. You know, I graduated. But like I said, I just didn't. It didn't hold my interest. Like yeah. I'd be stoked for a little bit, you know, and then just not. Yeah. Just wasn't for me. Yeah. I just, you know, and it was funny because later on, my daughter was the same way. My older daughter, she was, uh, you know, she's brilliant, but she just the school just. It didn't do it for you. Yeah, it didn't do it for you know. And and then they had transferred me to like, you know. Now it's whatever program they have now. But back then they had sent me to a different school because they didn't think the the curriculum was challenging enough for me, you know. So then you go into here, but then you're stuck with kids that are were kind of geeky. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like so I could be with my friends that are tough and out of control, but then the schoolwork wasn't thrilling me and I go there and the school thrills me but the kids are yeah a little saucy and they say I wasn't you know anyway it doesn't matter blah 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 yeah so so um, when did you finally find music well it wasn't tell punk rock because like I said I can't sing man the no. thought of me like in the 70s if music stayed like it's there's no way I'd ever be in a band no way I couldn't sing yeah. so it's like you know I so I would never be in a band what was like, so like the, the house parties, you know, like now everybody just, you know, Spotify, you know, puts their playlist or whatever. Right, right, right. Back in the day, it was like, you know, eight track of records or, yeah. Yeah, or whatever you're trying the local band. Or, yeah, or you would, yeah. or you would yeah. have yeah. a band. You yeah, know? a local okay. band be playing in the house. Yeah. And we had parties at my house with one of my, one of my first like kind of serious girlfriends. I met her because we were having a party in the house. My parents had just, they'd just gone out to dinner. It was like that was it. They weren't even going to be gone long, man. They'd gone out to dinner and got on the phone and started making calls, man. And uh, we got a two-hour window, maybe, maybe forty-five <laughs> minutes. I don't know. <laughs> it was, uh, and I was in tenth grade, so my brother's in older. He's in older, and you know, and like I said, I you know, I 
good surfer and cute and fuck whatever. So these older girls are coming to the house, yeah. and I remember my brother going, "Oh, so and so, oh, so and so's here!" Like he's all stoked because these yeah. chicks are coming, and you know the house is out of control, and the band's going, and I'm trying to hold the front door closed because there's too many people in the house. And oh, I remember the door opening, and I see this arm come through, this hairy arm with my dad's watch on it. He's going like this, like trying to get his hand <laughs> holding the door closed, and. And I realized, you know, it's like my my old man, and it was just kids, just 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 scattering. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Cockroaches are. Yeah, and even in that. like TSOL, like when I started playing in TSOL and we started playing house parties, uh, there'd hardly be any cars there. It was all bicycles. Yeah, like you pull up and there'd be two hundred bicycles on the lawn. <laughs> they were all just we're kids, man. We're yeah. just like I don't even like our drummer, the drummer of TSOL, Todd. When we started playing, he was fourteen years old. Making records at 14 years old. And records that still sell today, yeah. 20, you know, 40, 40 years later. So, and still selling. Yeah. And he was only 14 years old when so we were making them. Was it one of these house parties bands? You were like, man, that should be us up there. Like, I what know, was it? I like, never thought of that. No, because it was embarrassing. Because I'm like real tight ass. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, I like causing trouble and stuff, yeah. but I don't like being the center of attention. Mm. Like, and people like Could totally. Have us. I know. Well, that's just it. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, but pe I mean, people get me wrong about that. Like, I'm a total book reading nerd, man. Like, I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I like causing trouble and doing that, yeah. but I, I'm like being low key. Like, the thought of singing in a yeah. band, man, it's like. So you didn't you didn't get into band like serenade and like you know be the be the the chick magnet. You got into in punk rock to freaking fuck shit up, right? And <laughs> and this is fun. You know, I had never thought about this before, but uh, I'd never danced before, which is so funny because most guys first dance is like at the seventh grade dance yeah. or whatever you're gonna dance yeah. with a girl or so. My first dance was with dudes. All guys, man. There were no girls in there. You know, it was like a bunch of guys in the pit. That was my first dance. Oh my! Was gosh. with a bunch of maniacs. You know, it so was really how, tribal. How old were you? And like, did you start going to punk shows first, or just backyard parties and seeing other punk bands? And well, I started getting into punk rock in '78, so I was 17 years old. '77, '78. I was 17 years old when it was first, like when it was starting. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, I wasn't 21. I couldn't go to nightclubs, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and normally, so it was house parties. Like yeah. we'd go around the house parties, like Huntington had great punk rock house parties with like the crowd and whatever, you know, and it was yeah. just, uh, it was bitching. You drive around. I, I still, I try, even later on, like when TSL got popular, even later on, I was, I was saying, man, let's just do a tour of people's houses. Let's get Hurley to back it or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Let's grab some sponsorship yeah. and let's just do house parties. Let's yeah. go across the United States playing at house parties. We'll put it out. People can write us and say, hey, you can do my house. That's let's not a bad set idea. It all up. Well, not even. That's a, well, yeah. that's what I thought. I thought it wasn't a bad idea either until you start getting legal lawsuit yeah. issues. Yeah. Then you're dealing with like so, lawsuits. So, so who... Who was the guys that started your band? Well, it was really Todd Barnes and I. So Todd was, like I said, years younger than me. And I used to be in F Troop. I, I went. You were for, in F Troop? I was in F Troop. Okay. Yeah, I went through F Troop, the F Troop for school. They called it F Troop. It was, uh, um, so I went from gifted classes to what they called F Troop, which was just, the dregs. The <laughs> it was the dregs, right? Like, like in F Troop, all you had to do was 
you had to do, I think you had to do uh, 10 packets. They called them packets a week. So you had to do 10 packets. So two packets a day. So I would come in and do 10 packets in an hour. You know, because I, you know, and then I just F-troop lay around. F-Troop was a band. No, no, no. F-Troop okay. was a, a school at Marsh. It was a class run by Mr. Kagan. So when I met Todd, Todd was a skater. Uh, they were a skater. And uh, Denise was on the Powerflex skate team. Denise, that's who we got the guitar from. Took the guitar, stole her guitar. And yeah. stuff. She was on the Powerflex team. And uh, and when I met Todd, he was 14 years old, 13 or 14 years old. And, uh, and you were what? Uh, about a couple years, yeah, a couple years, like three years, yeah. So I was like seventeen, sixteen yeah. or seventeen, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we said, let's just make a band, and and it was, you know, it was just he and I, yell, you know, we turned, we had a bass drum that we had stolen, like a marching drum, we laid it on its side and we'd hit it, and it's funny because I'm going, I just, I'm making this movie called Ignore Heroes that has this story in it. There's animation about the. About us doing this, yeah. So yeah. you and Todd had no musical, like you took no lessons in no. guitar, no, piano, no, 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 no instrument. And no Todd was a great skater. He had a he had a half pipe outside his house, like outside the in the back of his house. His grandparents just co-signed everything. So he had everything set up. Never cooked a meal in that house either. No meal. I never saw one meal get cooked in that house. Todd would just get McDonald's every day. <laughs> just you know, just like the brat, like the brat little kid. And, uh, and anyway, and so we started screwing around and then our friend Pat Brown joined us and our friend Tom Wilson, Tom, I used to surf with Tom, Tom was a maniac, uh, a real tough guy. And, um, you know, it's funny cause he's the nicest dude. He looks like Clark Kent, but he guys would always hassle him. Like, and, and Tom was a good surfer too, man. And, uh, and guys would always hassle him. And dude? I just think, dude, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a big dude, but it's like. Why? Why they picked him? Hmm. Like I have no idea. Like, like, but he would always be getting into it with guys, man. Yeah. And he'd have his glasses on, and he looked just like Clark Kent. And he was such a badass. I, I remember one time we we're at a party, and he gets in a fight, and the dude bites his arm, and Tom calmly looks at me and says, "Big man, kick his head off my arm," you know. And, uh, and he still has a huge bite mark in his arm where, you know, I kick this guy's head off his arm, and he, he we'd go surfing, and he'd always get into it, and it wow. was always about honor. But he, he wasn't an instigator. He just it just found him. Yeah, or, it just yeah. found him. I came to him. You think it's all right to burn people like that? <laughs> if I took you up onto the beach and beat your ass, would that be all right with you? You know, and they're like, you know, they're like, oh, you want to go to the beach? He go, okay, if that's what we're gonna do, let's get in. And he just go in, and then in a second later, the dude would just be crying. You know, stop, please yeah. stop. Yeah, you win. Yeah, and so he he played with us too. So he played guitar. Tom could actually play a little bit and we had the songs were so stupid I, I remember some of the no more hippies it's a whole bunch of shit long hair and beards I can't understand it <laughs> just like you know lyrics like that and just you know so, was, so you and Todd and Todd and Pat Brown and Tom okay and but, we just but you and Todd first started it right right but then we never, but we never, like that band never played. We just play in the, you know, everybody come over and get some beers. Yeah. And we're just fooling around in the backyard, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'd go surf. You know, it's yeah. like, you, you just, you know, just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're surfing in the morning. You're skating. Yeah. Then we're going to go over here and get some beers. We're going to go here. We're going to, we're going to. So were, were you guys like, obviously you had the, uh, 
the spot in the backyard, the ramp, was that like a... We had a, it was a granny pad. So Todd's house, there was a granny pad in the back. And so we could go... That was a clubhouse? Yeah, the club. It was like yeah. a clubhouse, man. <laughs> and these guys were good. And Bill, like the other... Wow, Bill, that was one of the other guys that hung out with us. Uh, great surfer. Unbelievable. Bill, Bill Richardson. I don't know if you ever knew, if you ever knew Bill. Oh, man, just a great surfer. Yeah. And these guys were good surfers and good skaters. And it was like, it was great. You know, yeah. it was so really... When, when did it... Like start coming together, house party to house party. Well, better. we hooked up with a couple of guys from Huntington, and uh, Todd and I hooked up with these guys from Huntington, and uh, this guy Steve Houston and another guy Mike Terrell, and then it turned into a real band. Then it turned into this band, Vicious Circle, yep. and then it went through Vicious Circle, which was just a lot of trouble, like I, a lot of I fighting, ultra violent like shows, lot, yeah, like very destructive. Well, and the tr- the thing was at that time. You know, it was there were so many guys that were against punk rock. There were so many guys that were against it. They didn't like it, and then there was a lot of sensationalism about it in all the newspapers. They would say, "Oh, these punks did this. These punks did this." Mm. It was, you know, it was like crazy, man. It was like, you know, oh, they're carving swastikas in babies' heads. They're digging up graves. They're and we might have been digging up graves, but nobody's carving in kids' heads or what, you know. So, so then everywhere you went, it was a fight. Everywhere you went. <clears throat> but yeah. you guys weren't like going and causing destruction. You were just having these events and it draw everybody to the... Well, the or were you guys kind of... We might have been causing some destruction <laughs> also. Uh, I mean, you know, a favorite evening was driving around with a shotgun shooting out bank windows. You know, or whatever. You know, so, so there was... Bank windows. Yeah, bank windows. You know, just drive by the bank, take the window out. You know, so there was... A lot of craziness going on, and like yeah. I said, and I was making bombs. Yeah, you know, and I'm a great bomb maker, man. And uh, like, where, where were you getting stuff to make bombs? Like well, fireworks stuff, or are you going? To yeah, the, so yeah. we had we had ripped off a fireworks stand, and uh, so Bill at the time, while Bill was living at Surfside, <laughs> so he was living down. He was like on the B row, and he was right off the rocks. So he was like one of the last houses at the Rocks. And this is in the 70s, you know, yeah. that's where he was. And um, so we had gotten into a fireworks stand and uh, we'd gotten into a, a fireworks stand and we just loaded up the car, the boxes, <laughs> block party boxes or whatever. So then we're down, we're down there up the Rocks having firework wars, shooting cones at each other. But then we had so many of them. I got home and I thought, you know, I, I think I can make a bomb. Like, I, I thought to myself, I think I can make a bomb. I'm going to do this and pre try it. YouTube, pre, like, any tutorial, just DIY. Oh, it's like, yeah, DIY. <laughs> DIY, can you make a bomb? And I remember the first one I made because I was looking at it. I went up to National Lumber. Remember National Lumber, yeah. you know? And I said, hey, I want to get some pipe. I want to get these ends. Let me, you know, I need this. I need this, you know? And then I had taken a hacksaw and cut into all these fireworks and then collected all the powder. So I had a big bag of powder. And, uh, and then I got the vice and just started putting together, fashioned a bomb, you know. Yeah. And uh, I took it down under the bridge. And I remember lighting it. And I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. I Dang. Just, I just wanted to. It you was big. Enough, it was a foot. It no, was, but like, you, yeah. did you give yourself enough fuse to get the hell out of there? Well, or? I used to fuse from the cones. Yeah. Because I had the fuses from the <laughs> cones, right? Loop them together. Well, what I did is I drilled a hole in the middle of the pipe. And then I, I, I filled a cap. Don't try this at home, kids. I Wax. filled the cap with powder and then tightened it on. So now you got a cap filled with powder on the bottom of the pipe. 
and a hole drilled. So then I powder, 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 tamp down, powder. <laughs> then I put the fuse in and then powder, powder, tamp down on that. So now the fuse is inside. And then I take it all the way to the top and packed it tight. And then I took another cap and put powder in that and then cranked it down. So now it's compact in there. And then the fuse sticking out the quarter inch hole that I drilled, put some duct tape on it. So now I got a, I got a bomb basically. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the first one I lit, I lit underneath the, uh, I went down in the ditch, the sewage ditch and I lit it, man. And when it blew, like I was deaf. Like it was like, bam, like there was, I try to explain it to people. If you've never been in a big explosion like that, when it explodes, it's like, yeah. and it's silent. So you don't hear anything. You don't hear a big explosion. You don't, it's like, there's just nothing. Like it's quiet. It's like this weird vacuum. And then it, then, then it goes, you know, and, uh, so anyway, so I found out they work. So then I just went on a total, you know, just total. I was using bombs as, uh, like I trade bombs. You know, hey, make me a surfboard, man. I'll give you two bombs. <laughs> just, you know, and I was getting, at the time I was getting boards from Steve Olson's brother, Bucky Olson, pocket pistols. No he way. was making all our boards. Yeah. Steve Olson, the skateboarder? From Steve Olson, the skateboarder. Yeah. His brother, Bucky Olson, was a great shaper. He shaped You're pocket pistols. Me. That's what they were called. Yeah, they were great. Pocket pistols. I'd never heard of that board. Yeah, and you have 50 bucks. So it was 50. And a bomb. 50, yeah, 50 bucks a bomb or whatever. But Bucky, he, he never took uh, he never took the bombs. But, uh, but yeah, just bitching. And you make them real light, four ounce glass, just yeah. something that's never going to, you know, last, it's not going to last, but it lasts enough for, you know, real light and bitching. Yeah. Great boards, pocket pistols. So, okay, so going back to your punk rock, you, you started Vicious Circle. Right. And that lasted for a little bit. It lasted for a little bit, and then I got burned out on all the violence and the craziness, and I took off to Alaska. I like split just to get away, like because it was too much, you know, just constant violence and trouble and people after me. And exactly, that's what I <laughs> so asked myself: Why Alaska? <laughs> not Hawaii. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah, I think why not Hawaii? Why not you Mexico? Know, like, like, yeah, Cancun. <laughs> but, you know, I go to Alaska. I God knows why. And. Uh, but you're not thinking straight. Yeah. You know, you when, you, when you got a bunch of people after you, yeah. you know, it's like you're not sitting there looking at brochures. So wait, you, you got into some, yourself into some trouble and you need to... Well, a lot of trouble. Out? There were a lot of people that were not happy with me. There was a long list of very angry people. and uh, For what reasons? All sorts. I, I mean, whatever it was, you know. Just, were you stealing from people? Were you stealing girlfriends? Were you sleeping with wives? No, it was like, just... No, it was just... It was... Well... At that time, they don't like punk rock. Yeah. That's the one thing. They don't like punk rock. And then you're you're causing trouble. You're making bombs. You're vandalizing. You're doing... Now, this is pre-internet. This is nothing. Yeah. So imagine... Word like, of mouth. Like, it's word of mouth, man. It's like, hey, do you know this dude? Hey, have you heard of this dude? Hey, man. The, Where can we find this dude? You know, dude? this guy like, just... This got burned down. I heard he was fighting these guys. This was burned up. This dude's out of control. So a few people here and there are saying... Jack, you better freaking do Right, it. using me as a threat. Kids yeah. would use me as a threat if people were picking on them. It's like, hey, I know Jack. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, and just, and then, and then, of course, everything that went with it. The fights, the craziness, the the steel, you know, the yeah, ripping yeah. off, the steel, you know, it was just a big rock in those early stages. Like, it was pretty destructive and melee. Melee. And a lot of violence and a lot of, you know, really out of control and just constant... You know, it was just constant. Yeah. It was 24 were you hours a day. To drugs too. 
then? Not, no, not really. Not really. It was cocaine and, and like... Yeah, well, but that wasn't well, that was beer. It was a lot of beer. Like yeah. you, you don't want smoking weed. That was yeah. for hippies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a yeah. lot of beer. Mickey's Big Mouth. Yeah. You know Foster's Lager. Yeah. You know you could get an oil can. That's what you call them the oil cans. Yeah. You know yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, you know uh, cheap gross beer. Yeah, cheap gross <laughs> beer. Whatever you can get. But it's funny because you had mentioned the drugs. Uh, you know, having an older brother and a sister. The first time I ever got high was like in five years old, probably kindergarten. You know, Damn. sitting. And the first bong I ever made was out of an Aunt Jemima bottle. <laughs> like, so it had hair on it, little googly eyes. It's like a doll, you know what I mean? It's like, look at this bong I made. <laughs> but, uh, but then I went on and off on it. Yeah. Like I was what they, they call like a periodic. Like, like I wouldn't touch anything, touch anything. And then I'd touch something. And then it's like, okay, oh. this is a nightmare. Yeah. And they would turn to a nightmare. And then I'd swear off. And then I'd not do anything. And then do it again yeah so you got to the point after vicious circle to get the hell out of get California. out of California right and, and Alaska was the place you went to yeah for about two weeks I couldn't stand it <laughs> yeah I was like I'm a city boy man this what? is bad I was in the middle of nowhere what, like who, who I had you have any contacts I had, or I had, just, yeah, I had yeah. some family up there uh, my kind of a, a distant relation who was a bush doctor he flew around and went to villages on a plane and, you know, treated people. So we're above Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that, all that area, you know, turns to swamp in the summer. It's just people, just bugs and yeah. just, you know, swamp. So and we're in a cabin where you got to carry your water in. It's like, it was gnarly, you yeah. know. And he, when I got there, the day I got there, there was a foot on the stove, uh, a human foot. He was boiling a uh, foot to get the flesh off it to, uh, to you know, make a... Make a, you know. No, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> a human foot. Yeah, a human foot that he had amputated, uh, that he had kept because he was taking the flesh off it to make it, you know, an articulated, a skeleton yeah. foot so he could put it, you know, put the wires through and have the bones and everything. So it was pretty gnarly up there. And I just, I was one of those guys where I said, hey, I'm going to go to the store and I disappeared and never came back. Yeah. And then when I got home, I went back to the boats. And I said, I'm going to get straight. Don Wilson. I'm going to get straight. Went back to Don Wilson, cleaned up, got that sun, grew the hair out. I was hanging out with this guy, Fernando Octavio Silvera, whatever, the Brazilian dude I met. And uh, and we just kind of hung out. I laid low for a long time before I got back into punk rock. Long time, meaning probably six months. This is a long story. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to run out of time. Not here. even. Not so, even. Yeah. so with yeah. Pat and Tom and... and, and in the you know those guys they didn't they, know I was back I was away from all of them but they, were they still playing they and, were still doing their thing man but I was away from all of them because yeah. in that stuff I was like the figurehead of that yeah yeah like you know like guys were going man. I'm gonna go get Tom yeah. I'm gonna go get Todd they weren't doing it's like I'm gonna go get Jack Grisham yeah do you know what I mean it yeah. was like one of those things you know we're we and and on the side of it like you get a lot of reputation for stuff you didn't do. For sure. Because it's like people make up stories, yeah. you know? It's like this mythical guy, you know? It's like, oh, I saw this, yeah. I saw that, you know? Yeah. So so you get a lot of reputation for stuff you didn't do, you know? But you also get blamed for a lot of stuff you didn't do either, you know? It's yeah. like, like so. So going back to when you first started singing and getting, <laughs> like, Vicious Circle was the first 
band. Right. But right. no record. We never did a record. There was a recording, but no record. But, but it Just was like shows. You would you play at we shows? We actually played you... shows. Yeah. Yeah, we played some and, shows. And you were the singer. I was the singer. You were the front man. Yeah. And, and the first show we played was in front of like God, shit, six or seven hundred people with the germs and the middle class at, the, at the Fleetwood and Redonda Beach. I was, you know, it was like, man, this is... It's like a show. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a... Wasn't was that your first pay, like, paid show? Well, like, I don't know if we got paid. Yeah, I don't think we got paid. Say, like, but, uh, but, you know, it was like, man, this is a real show. And then yeah. a bunch of crazies, a bunch of surfer crazies. Because one thing about punk rock is it. a lot of surfers are out of control, wild. So a lot of the surfers that were wild were attracted to punk rock, especially in Huntington. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. there were a lot of young guys that were just down. You know, so they all come out to the show and it's all crazy and, you know. So when you were doing Vicious Circle, playing in those, like, what was that like? Like, was it, were you like addicted to singing? Like, you no, said no, you're no, not a singer, but. No, it was, I think more, it was the, the excitement, the fear that was like, you know, it's like when you paddle out, like on a big day, man. It's like when you're scared. Yeah. You know, it's like, you don't. You know, there's something. Linda bitching. doesn't out on big days, by the way. Oh, oh, well, I don't either anymore. But anyway, but but there's something about I always got the, to it in. you know about the the fear, man. Yeah. It's like there's something about being so close to that. Like, okay, so I remember this big winter day one time at the cliffs, and you know it doesn't get big around here, but probably like a ten foot day. It was good. It was solid. Yeah. You know, it was like there's nobody going out. You know, and and I remember pulling up at the cliffs, man, and I pull up and everyone's kind of standing around watching. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? I go, let's go, fucking heroes. What are you waiting for, man? Let's roll this, right? And, and Gordy, remember Gordy? Uh, I don't know if you know Gordy. Gordy said to me, Gordy goes, uh, Gordy goes, hey, you should see a set. And I'm like, ah, fuck that noise, man. Yeah. You know, and radars is just going off the hook. You know, it's crazy and. So I just jam, you know, I just jam and run out. And I should have thought something because the sand was all smooth all the way. You know, the sand's smooth all the way it's up. coming up all the way to the All the, the way up, yeah. And uh, and I started paddling and I was paddling. I'm thinking, you know, man, this is, it's got some size, man. <laughs> I, this has got some size. You know, I'm a little nervous, you know. And I'm, you know, I'm duck diving a couple, you know. And it's probably about twice, like double overhead, you yeah. know. And, and, I'm, and it, you know, the cliff gets big and walled. It gets yeah. walls there. And, um. Anyway, I finally punched through this last one, and uh, and I go, oh, you know, you and I'm getting out. a breath. I'm thinking I made it out, and I just hear whistling from the cliff, like whistling, because, and they're just going thing. like this. Just out. Yeah, <laughs> just look out. Like, oh my god! <laughs> and I wasn't even anywhere close. Like I yeah. had made like a small, I made it out past a smaller set, but not the bigger set, yeah. you know, and. Uh, but anyway, so you're scared and it's like, yeah. you don't think you're going to make it, blah, blah, blah. It's gnarly, you know. But then once I got through it, you know, I got I got through the last one and then it's just bitching. Then yeah. you're just sitting out there by yourself and it's yeah. like, oh, this is the shit, man. You're looking in, all your pussies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And everyone's just sitting there, you know, and you're just like, yeah, I'm rolling. And uh, and and I think a lot of that had to do, it was the same thing with punk rock back then. You're it's on like the you're stage. Scared. You're, yeah. You're, you know, it's this crazy, weird energy, and it's scared, but it's also powerful. There's, yeah. like, a lot of power on it, man. Well, like, to think back how punk rock shows were, just a bunch of fucking assholes wanting to fight all the time, spitting on you, yelling at you, but, like, cheering you on, but treating you like shit. You know what I mean? Well, like, that was a weird... I didn't get thing. a lot of that, because... You know, 
they didn't uh, they didn't treat me poorly. <laughs> they didn't treat me poorly, but uh, but yeah, there was that. Cra- it was that. Cra- it was craziness. Craziness. Yeah. But then also, you know, it, it, it you can get, it burns you out too. It yeah. burns you out because yeah. there are guys that take it too far. Yeah. And there were a lot of deaths and a lot of stuff. Like you know, a lot of people were dying, and a lot of you know, a lot of people, you know, going to jail for long periods of time. And then guys that like to me, it was always kind of a joke. Like it was always just like a joke, but then you get these guys that would just take it like way too seriously. Yeah. You know, and like they'd really just it's like, dude, you know, it's almost like, like cult like following, you know. Light like, it up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like not very intelligent. You yeah. get some guys that were just dumb. Yeah, you're draw you're drawing like yeah. Yeah. Some evil evil people. You're evil. like, dude, I'm just here for a show and yeah. drink some beer and party and hopefully right. hook up some chicks and, and you guys are like Yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking to go murder people after the gig, you yeah, know, or whatever the hell. There was a lot of craziness. So anyway, but going, you know, like I mean, uh, like your lyrics, like who came up with your guys's like? Well, I wrote, jam every. I wrote most of the lyrics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of them were a joke. Like even like when you played Code Blue, you know, and everyone thinks it's about screwing dead people, but it it isn't about that. Yeah. I say that in there, but it's really about some kid in high school that's just like. Hey, look, this is a total hassle. Like, think back when you're a kid in high school. You do something embarrassing. You got, let's say you got something hanging out of your nose or whatever. People are making fun of you. And you don't know the girls are talking shit. You don't know this, that. And, you know, they're cliquish. And you don't know what's going on. It's high drama. It's all this, you know. And so the guy in the song just says, look, man, yeah. I'd rather fuck a dead person than deal with you. <laughs> they don't say nothing. They yeah. just lay there. Because I can do what I want. They don't complain. They don't got no problems. You know, and that's what it is. It's like, I'd rather fuck, screw a dead person than screw. Yeah. Not, hey, I'm screwing a dead person. Yeah. It's like, I would rather do it yeah. than be with you. So that's what it was. And then one said it was an ode to necrophilia. And it yeah. wasn't. It was just basically, you know. Using an analogy of yeah. like, yeah. High is, school kid just yeah. bumming. Yeah. So... After Alaska, you started working with uh, Don Wilson again. Right. And then you slowly. for a while. And then there was a party. <laughs> yeah. Actually, close by here. Okay. Right. Right. I think even in the same track. No uh, way. Yeah. 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 It was really close by here. And um, Whose house? So, uh, somebody's house. Just, and TSOL was playing. Now, they were a three-piece at the time. It so was already Todd, called TSOL. Yeah. Our drummer, Todd had started playing with Mike Roach. So Mike yeah. Roach was a manager of Infinity uh, when Infinity was on PCH. Yeah. So he was the manager of Infinity. And uh, and Ron Emery, Bob Emery, shaped for uh, Infinity and Van Gaines and uh, Sunlight. Like, Emery was a great shaper. Yeah. So, so they, and Ron, Emery, his younger brother. So Ron and Mike were playing with our guy Todd. And I had known Ron and Mike, you know, see yeah. them around surfing and hanging out. They're peer rats. They're, you know, little peer kids. And um, anyway, so Todd was playing with them. And I somebody invited me to the party and I showed up and, you know, just got sucked in. Because it's full craziness. Yeah. It's like, you know, here's the, the thing is, it's like, I know I've been judged for this sometimes, but not many people... I, I guess maybe some people have more character than I have, but uh, not many people get treated like you're good wherever you go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like you paddle out at a spot and people are stoked to see it. It's like, go, oh, man, go. You know, it's like, hey, come yeah. out and get the wave. You, you go out, you got girls all over you. You got this going on. You know, it's like, it's like you got, it's like a, a, 
here it is. Yeah. Here it is. And yeah. how many young guys are going to say, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. You know, no pretty girls for me. <laughs> you yeah. know, no, thank no you. No set ways for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll wait my turn. Yeah. You know, it's like, <clears throat> sorry, I just didn't have that kind of character, man. Yeah. So I get to this party and, you know, people are like fawning all over me. Oh, it's Jack. You know, and I'm driving this cool sports car that I had at the time. You know, it's like, you know, and you just get sucked right back into it. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you're cool. Yeah. You know, we want you to be the front man of this band again. Yeah. You're the cool guy. Yeah. At yeah. the party. You know, you're uh, the girls. All the, the guys reputation. like you. All the girls want to sleep with yeah. you. Everybody's, you know, fun. You know, it's like. It's 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 actually it's a real trippy drug, man. Yeah. It's hard to walk away from. You know, it's hard to it's hard to like walk away from that. Yeah. You know? Even it could be beneficial or destructive. In this case it was both probably, you know. And yeah, you were you know, you're it's the a limelight. dangerous combination yeah. of of having looks, personality and swagger. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah. Well, can I can I bring up a quote that you had from punkglobe.com? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, here it is. It was all good times. I was 18-year-old fucked up surfer kid who just been given a free ticket to sex, drug, drugs, destruction and piracy. What's not to love? I'm sorry that I wasn't socially minded for some of my colleagues, but I didn't give a fuck. I was a punk, not a crusader. Right. <laughs> and that, dude, that's <laughs> yeah, 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 that's wow. it. It's like, dude, I this is yeah, this yeah. is this is me and this is what I got handed to me and I'm gonna freaking <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do it. Right. And that, and think about that. Like I mean if you think about it, you're a teen, man. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. You know, it's really hard to like you yeah. know, it, it's, it's like, hard to fit in and be liked and be good at something. I mean you got so many of these whirlwind like issues like trying to right. you know mold yourself into but the whole trip like who doesn't want to go and be but you're not overthinking you know, it you just want to have yeah. fun well like okay so a little a while back at TSL we played uh, Bruce Irons's birthday party at the Volcom House man <laughs> so who doesn't want to be there yeah do you know what I mean who wouldn't if you were a surfer who wouldn't want to be there yeah who wouldn't want to paddle out a pipe and have everyone just stoked to see him yeah you know it's like he's going everyone pulling back do you know what i mean it's like yeah and and that's and and around here in a lot of places that's what i had like they were stoked that i was going yeah you know what i mean it's like you know and it's hard to like not get drunk on that (laughs) yeah yeah it's hard to not get drunk on that it's a very enticing cocktail that of just being able to have whatever you want in that small like, like I remember walking into this party and I got this bitch in World War II bomber jacket on and I pulled up in my, you know, I got this bitch in convertible yeah. sports car. I got two girls with me, one on each arm, and I'm walking into this high school surf party and I walk in and everybody's stoked. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, oh my God, there's Jack. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Jack. How cool is that jacket? Right. I mean, I'm not it's making like, fun no, of no, no, but, but this is, that's what's going yeah. on, right? Like, but, yeah. All and, these and people get, are just tripping. And you get sucked into that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, and, and then, you know, and then if you have like any kind of addictive or whatever behavior, then that, then you just take it to the point where it's out of control. Yeah. And we hear these stories all the time. You hear it with sports guys, you hear it with surfer guys, you know, For whatever. Sure. They just fall into that. And, and, and the same thing with a punk rock guy. Yeah. You're just out of control. Yeah, and the sad thing is, and I've see so much about it. Like, you know, I saw it with Andy Irons. I saw it with Brad from Sublime. You see it with these guys, you know. Yeah. And everyone's bummed what happened to them, 
But if you look, what's the behavior of all the people around them? Yeah. It's like, dude, you're them. all getting yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. All you guys are getting high. All you guys are drinking. You're getting high. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're doing this. And then, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, fuck, man. Yeah. You're all doing it. Yeah. You're enabling it. And then you regret it. And so bummed yeah. out. But not really willing to look at their own behavior also. Yeah. You know, to say, hey. And sometimes, I remember like when Brad from Subline died, I remember... You know, I went to the benefit show or whatever for him, and because uh, because the record wasn't what it was. Now, you know, that record went all over, but at the time, no, it wasn't they, were, they weren't rich. Yeah. No, yeah. not no. like that. And uh, and I remember thinking, you know, everybody there was fucked up. Yeah, everybody was getting high, and I thought, man, this is so trippy. It's almost like you're at the wake mm. of this person, and you're partying with the guy that murdered him. Yeah, yeah, you know. And you're you're hanging with the guy that murdered him, yeah. You know, because they're all doing drugs and drinking. It's it's like, man, you know, didn't maybe, learn your lesson. You know, you're yeah. not seeing that the, the the destruction and, and the and the sorrow that's going on. You're just you're just right. Get, it, get fucked up, and you won't feel you won't have those feelings. Or or <laughs> did not even look at it. Yeah. You know, did not even did look not, at it. Just yeah. saying, hey, man, you all yeah. got a part in this. Yeah. You know, it's such a bummer. You know. Anyway, so yeah. not not to get heavy with all that, but but. You know, so it's also for like a young dude that's intoxicating. Yeah, it's intoxicating. Living, it's hard to keep your head straight. Yeah, you're you living know? a a life of uh, fantasy. You know, but it's, it's real. really but it's reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it, 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 <laughs> this isn't in your head. No, no this is real. Do it. You know, you're really. You know, you're really sleeping with five different women a day. This yeah. is really. You know, this is reality. Man. Yeah, the reality People is people are giving you what you want. You're everything you want yeah. all the time. Yeah, all the time. So how long was TSOL? Like what? Well, we had gone for a long time. You know, and did you make start making records? Like, yeah, we we're making records. So I quit the first time I quit. See, this is a, it's a weird kind of situation because I quit TSOL in '83. Oh, wow! Like I quit in '83, and then they moved on and they kept the name because they wanted to make money. Mm. It was like a like, and they came. Do you mind? They said, "Do you mind if I use the name?" And it's like, came I up don't with give a shit. Two Sounds of Liberty. Um, Pat Brown actually okay. came up with it, but but I said, I don't care. You know, yeah. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm, that's me. I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. care. Oh, we're gonna take so your house. Take it. The I, Vandals you know, song, Pat, Pat Brown. Brown. Yeah, that Pat. That's that's the guy. That's who came up with the name TSOL. Wow. Okay. And uh, anyway, so so then I quit in '83, and then they kept going, and then they got metal. They they did metal. They the Billabong the Billabong surf thing actually came after I left the band. Yeah. Right after, and then they went through like the metal years, and then we all got back together in '89. And then we have played almost, well, we got back together in 89, I got clean in 89, and then everyone else later got clean and we got together to stay for at some 99 on. So, so, so we've been playing together again for so the last still 20. Playing. We still play. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Same guy except Todd died, our drummer died, and, um, but the rest of us are still here. Everybody in the band's clean now. Awesome. So, but it was a trippy, the whole thing was kind of trippy because um, we we broke up yeah. and then they went on and did this rock thing, you know, or whatever. And then the guitar player quit because everybody was doing drugs. So Ron quit. He didn't like it. You know, he wasn't yet involved in drugs. Roach, or the bass player, was still into it. And then they kicked Roach out of the band and then there was nobody in the band. 
So there was no original guys in the band, just the name, but everyone else was out. There was yeah. no original guys. And then the original guys, we got offered a lot of money and got back together and played together just for the money. Yeah. I was sober and I wanted the money. Yeah. Who who was the people that wanted you together that was paying you the money? Uh, Golden Voice. Okay. The same guys that do Coachella and stuff yeah. now. Yeah. You know, we actually did their very first show. You're kidding me. Yeah, it's pretty funny because I was at Coachella, well, a couple of years ago, and uh, Paul Tillet, who's one of the guys that runs Coachella, he came up to me and he goes, uh, 213-421-7905. And we were laughing because that's my mother's phone number because they'd have to call my mom's to oh get us to play God. a show. You know, and he goes, he still remember, awesome. he goes, I still remember that number. And we were all laughing about it, you know, and... Uh, Long Beach was 213. 213. Yeah. Yeah. It's all there was. It was 714 and 213. Yeah. That was it. 619. Those were the. Yeah. You know, now crazy. Too many people now. Too many zip codes, too many area codes. It's too many people here. So then, anyway, the guys ended up getting getting sober. Yeah. Everybody ended up getting sober and, uh, you know, and then then getting together and playing. And, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting, man. Yeah. It's been. uh, So how often do you guys play? Well, we were playing 100 shows a year wow. before COVID. We were playing all the time, traveling all over the world, you That's know, awesome. playing. So How fun. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's bitching. Yeah. You yeah. know, going to, you know, going to Brazil, going to Australia, Japan, all over Europe, you yeah. know, just. And, but like, are you seeing like your generation that you grew up and then you're seeing all these kids that like just are influenced because like yeah i mean who's at the shows everybody yeah but it is trippy too because what people hear like what people know what they hear what they read yeah so so meaning like you know if we're talking the pier in 1960s yeah let's let's say honey to pier in 1960s they were probably some cats they were the best guys out that we don't know anything about yep because they weren't written about for sure. Or they didn't hang out with somebody or didn't whatever. Like, I think of these guys I know now that when I see them in the water, I'm just like, oh, my God, man, that guy is so good. You know, but they don't serve contests. They yeah. don't do whatever. Yeah. So it's weird now, like, playing in the punk rock scene that many years later, uh, you know, some kids got weird history that came, didn't come down clean. Or, yeah. you know, stuff that they think happened didn't happen or guys that were there that weren't there or bands that they think mm. were so important that at the time no one cared about. So yeah. it's weird to have actually been there and then hearing people talk and write about shit that they weren't at. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, wait a minute, that is not how that went it's, down. It's that telephone game that yeah. changes. It's pretty trippy. Yeah. It's pretty trippy. And and for me now, it's like I'm, you know, I write books and stuff now. I, I wrote an autobiography called An American Demon that that sells you know it does really well i i mean i make i make money off it and nice. uh you know it's a very bad it's a very it's a rough read it's a really violent rough read. it gets great reviews but it's really rough and then uh ended up writing a book about recovery and then i started getting into movies and and you know and i'm actually directing the tsl movie right now which has been uh Interesting. Epic. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's putting it, it out? We don't know yet. <laughs> it, are, so, are you able to use like old footage and stuff, or is it how? How is it like? Well, it's pretty. It's hard to explain. It's not a. Uh, it's not your standard documentary. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh, there is some old footage in it, 
Uh, actually, I've been hunting down lately. I've been hunting old footage down lately. Wow. Uh, just, but it goes, it like shows the footage while you're kind of talking over it. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not your standard documentary. And then there's only, so when, when, when I started launching into this, they said, okay, I've talked to this guy, this guy, this guy. They'll all, they'll want to be in the film. They'll be in your film. And I said, yeah, fuck all those people. I'm not talking to any of those people. I don't need, this is not going to be one of those movies yeah. where you got some some actor coming out going, they were the best thing I'd ever seen. It's, it's like, fuck that noise, dude. Yeah. I don't need anybody telling me we were good. Yeah. And I don't need any kids telling me we influenced them. Yeah. So no, and, and, and it was funny because one of the producers is like, really, Matt? I go, yeah, I'm not talking to anybody. Fuck all that noise. No, yeah. the, no those guys. So the only people that are in this band is the band like the band telling their own story yeah. and then the guys that were with us like there, there were a couple like our manager yeah. one of our managers is in there Gary Tovar from Golden Voice that put on the, he's in there there's like a couple of guys that were with us there's only like I think seven or eight people in the movie so awesome. that's it and it's all told it's like a movie made by the band. Like, I'm yeah. actually directing it. This isn't a movie somebody's making about us. I'm yeah. making a movie about us. Yeah, your journey, your your life. Yeah. You know? So, so it's, you guys travel all over the world with TSOL? All over the world, yeah. Nice. that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool. And, you know, and a lot of it, too, like, you know, to talk about the Like, a lot of it I used to talk about uh, recovery and, you know, to so many people. Because... Um, Be able to outreach and... Well, yeah, because kids know that I'm, a lot of kids know I'm sober. Yeah. Because they think that, hey, putting down the drink and the drugs, that that's the end of their life. They can't have fun. And it does take time to learn, man. Like you, you know, when you walk away from all that stuff and you're used to it, it's hard yeah. to go to a party, to show up, to yeah. be there without some sauce in you. It's, you have to relearn, basically. It's yeah. almost like relearning how to walk. So it's like crazy. you got to relearn how to have a good time. And, uh. All right, let me tell you this. I'll tell you this quick story. So I'm in Florida, and uh, there was this dude. I was at this place, and this dude was talking. And I could tell, like, he's talking about killing himself. Oh. And I'm thinking, man, this is legit. Like, this guy is not... Saying, like, I could listen. I was you, listening, heard, you heard I'm some thinking, flags. Like, he's yeah. rolling. Yeah. He's rolling. This is like, hey, we should 911 this punk, because yeah. he's, he's going, you know. So I came up to him afterwards. I go, hey, I go, you... You know, you mean business, don't you, man? And he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, what's it to you? He goes, what's it to you? I go, well, you know, I just, uh, I'm with some friends. I, and I was on tour at the time. And I was with my band, The Joy Killer. And we were on tour at the time. And um, I said, uh, I go, hey, you know, look, man. I go, I, I'm with some guys. We're tripping around. I go, why don't you come, come and go with us? He goes, what are you talking about? I go, why don't you just come go with us, man? I mean, you're done. Yeah, you know, you're talking about taking yourself out anyway. I go, once you get in the car and just take a trip with me, it's on me. My done. Wow. You don't need nothing. And he goes, really, man? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, can we go by my house and get some stuff? I go, no, dude. I go, no. I go, come as a dead man. Yeah. I go, come as a dead man right now. I go, you want to go? Come as a dead man. Go get in the van. And he just walks over and gets in the van. Wow. And they're like, you know... And then the guys in the band are like, who are you? Who's this guy? This guy gets in the car and he says, Jack told me to come and get in the van. I'm going with you. And then they were all cool with it because they know what I like to do. You know, yeah. I, I like to do stuff like that. 
And uh, the guy took off and he was with us for two weeks. Yeah. And uh, tripping all over and we were, you know, renting boats and going swimming and just fooling around. And, yeah. you know, two weeks into the it's trip. In between shows, you're doing a yeah. road, you know, oh, like yeah, a road yeah. trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we're in Florida. Let's yeah. rent a boat. Let's go dive this reef. Let's go. You know, I'm just dragging this guy all over the place. And, yeah. you know, two weeks into it, uh, two weeks into it, he goes, I get it, man. He goes, I get it. He goes, I dig this. I, and he's, and so he left and went back to Florida and he's been sober ever since. And that's been 20 something years. Wow. I, I still talk to the guy. Still, yeah, still wow. alive. Yeah. And I, and just one more, we should, I, I'm sure we should be wrapping it up. But <laughs> not even, not even. No. Well, I'll t- okay. So I'll tell you a funny story. So, the deal is like when you get sober, clean, or whatever. Yeah. You have was that new... the first life you've ever saved? Do you think? Oh, I didn't save a life. It was just it wasn't. I didn't have anything to do with it, other than just being willing to share my life with him. Yeah. See, and that's the deal. So there, there's a deal like when you get sober, or clean. It's it's kind of a thing. We say we work for a new employer. Mm. Like I don't. I have a different boss, and my boss is this. Whatever yeah. the hell this is, whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, chaos. Yeah. Whatever the hell it is, I work for a different employer now. So, uh, and I always have to be on the watch for what can happen, mm. you know, for a, something to happen. So, I'm, I'm working at a hotel, concierge at a hotel in downtown Long Beach, just in between jobs, trying to put something together, doing whatever, right? And I'm sitting there, and this Australian guy comes downstairs and he says, uh, he walks up to me and because Qantas would fly in there, whatever, right? So this Australian guy comes up to me and he says, uh, "Hey, you know how to get to uh, Marina Pacifica Shopping Center, mate?" I go, "Yeah, you gotta go take that bus, man. You just go right up here. It's easy." I go, "What are you gonna do? You gonna go to the movies?" He goes, "No, I'm not going to a movie." I go, "Oh, you gonna go to Best Buy, get some electronics, take it home, man?" He goes, "No, I'm not gonna get any electronics, mate." I go, "Oh, you gonna go to Borders? Maybe get a coffee, have a book?" He goes, "Ah, oh, going to fucking Borders." I go, I go, I go, when he goes, I'm going to a fucking, you know, and he says, like a meeting, a sober meeting. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to a sober meeting if you want to know. And uh, I go, hey, man. I go, yeah. I go, I'm in. I'm one of those guys, too. And he breaks down and he starts crying. He says, hey, I just drank in my room. I'm thinking of killing myself. I don't know what to do. So go, he found a meeting go, and he was. I go, okay, then I'll go with you. And he goes, what? I go, yeah, come on, I'll go. Let's go get my car. And so I told the boss at the work, and I said, hey, I'm going with this guy. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, I don't work for you, man. He goes, are you quitting? I go, I go, no, I don't work for you. I got to go help this guy. I'll be back later. He goes, you coming back? I go, yeah, I'll be back. So I take off of this dude, and we go, and we go to this 12-step meeting, right? And at the end, I can tell the guy's not okay, Yeah. right? So I say, hey, why don't you come back with me? Come, come stay at my pad, right? So I'm living down off 8th and Walnut. And uh, I go, okay, come, why don't you come stay the night at my house, man? In Huntington. In Huntington. I go, come stay the night at my house. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take you back to work in the morning. And he goes, are you fair dinkum? And I go, dude, I'm straight, man. I go, I got a wife and kid. And I go, I'm totally straight. And he goes, are you fair dinkum? I go, okay, one time, dude. Come on, let's just go. <laughs> and so what I didn't understand is fair dinkum is Aussie slang for are you telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Are you on the level, man? I thought he's asking me if I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dinkling, <laughs> dong, what are you saying down there? <laughs> no. And uh, anyway, so this dude, you know, so he comes to my house, man, and just stays the night. And I take him back to the hotel the next morning. And, uh, you know, we're still friends. We're yeah. still friends this day, and I was just down in Australia hanging out with them, and 
you know, is with his girl and the kid. You know, the whole deal, man. Yeah, it's just so bitching. Crazy. So, so the deal is, I'm not doing anything for him. Yeah, I'm not doing anything for him. I'm just sharing what I got. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's like, hey, I got these gifts, so I'm just going to share this with you. Yeah, and but you you became a life coach too, right? Well, not, sort of. Not really. I mean, that was, you know, that was put in there, but it, not really. Yeah. It's, it's mainly just like... Sharing your experiences, knowing... You like know. you're stoked. Yeah. Okay, so one time I'm surfing the hole. Okay, so this is this is pre... This is pre... Uh, you know, pre-surfline. Pre, uh, pre, oh, yeah, yeah, pre-surfline pre or whatever, right? So I'm surfing the hole down in Sunset, and it's, it's middle of the week. It's middle of the week, and I was with my buddy Gordy, and Gordy lived, Gordy lived in there, and uh, I was surfing it with Gordy, and it was a solid three foot overhead. Head high, like six to nine foot faces, perfect hole. Just, I mean, just like, man, middle of the week, so kids yeah. are in school, nobody really knows it's going down, swell came up that morning, I'm out there with Gordy, and it's just smoking. And Gordy's wife is pregnant, and he's got to go to the hospital for a checkup. And I'm like, fuck that checkup, dude. There ain't no way you're getting out, man. And it was only Gordy and I. And we're just trading bombs, man. It's just like, oh, God. You know, we're just stoked. He goes, I got to go. I got to go. So he left me out there by myself. So I'm sitting there by myself at the hole, which you can't even imagine it being empty. Yeah. Like, and I'm just getting wave after wave after wave. And it was a bore. It was like I was bored, yeah. man. So I got out and I walked up. And I went up to Anderson, and I walked out on PCH, and I was trying to flag somebody down. Like, you know, I was so like, good out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, come on, man. Just And I was, I, I looked in Woody's. I'm like, I'm looking for somebody. Yeah. There is nobody. There is nobody around, man. And I finally just went out and just got a couple by myself. But it was so bitching, and I was so stoked. Then all I wanted to do was share it with somebody. Yeah. yeah. So so after I ended up getting sober and get this bitch in life and I start appreciating this, it's yeah. so bitching and it's so cool. And all you want to do is share it with somebody. That's yeah. Cool. It's like, hey, look what I got. Come get this too. Yeah. You know. And so that's how, you know, I've treat I treat these people. You know. And you wrote like, a book about, about recovery. Right. To and, help and, people. And it's about all your stories and yeah. How? how yeah. Yeah, and it's just about that. It's just about, hey, I just want to share this with you. And it's the same, you know, it's like the yeah. same thing, like the Aloha spirit. It's like, hey, we got this. Just come get it. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the way I, I try to treat, when I walk around downtown, you know, when I go and walk around, it's like, I, I believe it's my job to be an ambassador of my city. Like, to when I see people to say hello and help them and take their picture, if they're trying to take a picture, you know, hey, let me get the camera, I'll shoot your picture and yeah. say yeah. hi and visit and, you know, Share what I love with them. Yeah, you know, and that you know, and that's that's, that's life. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's bitching. And you wrote uh, you wrote some other books, right? Right, a couple. Yeah, I, I I like to write. Yeah, I like to write, and I'm learning. It's a difficult, but I I like it. So you know? how'd you get into writing? Um, well, lyrics first of all. Yeah, and then uh, you know, it's funny how I ended up writing a book was, uh, you know, late at night, late at night, you're. So silently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're driving on tour, man, you're driving all through the night or whatever. And, and you know, you always have somebody else driving with you, right? Yeah. And there's talk. You know, you're at night. You're driving. You're going through Texas. You got yeah. hours. You're, you know. 
So my crazy buddy who now works for Diana Ross, he's Diana Ross's right-hand guy, but this was some dude I pulled out of a park in Montebello. <laughs> anyway, but now he works for Diana Ross. He's been to the White House. He's been all over. He had never left Montebello. Anyway, uh, so he and I are sitting in the vehicle one night. We're talking. He's telling me, you know, he always has these crazy ideas, and he wants to have a punk rock swap meet taco stand. You know, I go, dude, you are so full of shit, man. It's like Forrest Gump. It's like, dude, go do it. Go do it, and I'll come and work for you. Go do it. He goes, what about you? You always talk about writing a book, and you don't do that. And I said, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm full of shit. When we get home, I'm going to write a book. So that's what happened. That's I, cool. When I got home, I started writing. You got challenged. So yeah. how many books have you written? Uh, wow. <laughs> I think. So The Autobiography, An American Demon, The Recovery Book, A Principle of Recovery, then... A book of short stories called Untamed. A children's book called I Wish There Were Monsters. A short story book called Code Blue, A Love Story, based on the song, and uh, which was also a movie with Andy Dick. We shot a movie and Andy Dick was in it. And then I just what? Finished, yeah, I just finished uh, another book. Uh, it's like a mystery novel called um, The Pulse of the World. And that's coming out now. Yeah, we shot a movie with Andy Dick. Yeah, if you get a chance, it's on Vimeo. It's free. Wow. It's called Code Blue, A Love Story. If you look up Code Blue, A Love oh, Story. I'm going to put that on the, Vimeo. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy Dick plays the teacher, and he is funnier than shit. And I learned a good, I learned a great thing, like with him. Yeah. Um, I like Andy. I, yeah. I mean, I know he's always in trouble and stuff, but I like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's a good dude. So I learned about control. Like when you're when you're putting a record together, you know, and you, and you got these guys. Some people want to be really controlling about talent. Okay, we want to do this, and we want to do this, and we want to do this, you know. But I what I learned is is like, hey, if you want a guitar player, and he's a great guitar player, well, don't control him. Let right. him be a great guitar player. Let yeah. the guy be a great bass player. Let, you know, whatever it is. They're it's sticking like, to an outline like formula and they're like, right. just like, yeah. you know, this is how it's going to be. And right. So there's no formula for art, art exactly. being artistic. And, Grab and, the talent. Yeah. Put it around you. These great, talented people. Let it go. Have yeah. a basic idea yeah. where we're going. Guidance. And let them yeah. be them, man. No control. Just help yeah. guidance. Like sit back and let them be them. Yeah. And so with Andy... Uh, you know, I had written the script for this movie, and he's he goes off the script. Like he goes off, <laughs> he you know he does his thing. He comes back and he'll do lines, and it, it's like instead of sitting there going, "Well, you didn't say that line properly," it's like, dude, it's Andy Dick being Andy Dick. Let yeah. it be Andy Dick, and he just plays this great teacher. He, he plays a great uh, in the in the book. In the movie, what happens is this kid, this goofy kid who's causing trouble in school, hooks up with this really pretty girl, and uh, and they're together, and something happens embarrassing. It's his first time being with a girl, and they're making out, and he has an embarrassing... Yeah. Something happens. A little premature. <laughs> yeah, a premature <laughs> embarrassment, and he's all bummed, and she dies. She dies of a drug overdose, oh. and... Uh, he didn't get to redeem himself. And so he might go on up to the mortuary to see her. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty, it's a great, like, like if you, it's wow. really well done. Yeah. Like it's really, like it's, it's really a, if you look at a Code Blue, a yeah. love story. Oh, we're going to put that on, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And how did you get into hypnotherapy? Um, well, that was funny too. Hypnosis is a trippy thing. Um, he, he's, he's done it. Oh. I quit smoking. 
yeah hypnotist. it works yeah yeah it works um what happened was when i stopped drinking i'm thinking how am i going to play a show man because i am so tight like like without having some sauce in me like yeah. i said i'm a geek yeah. I'm like a really self-centered, you know, I think everybody's looking at me, my ass gets tight when I walk <laughs> in a room, I'm, I'm like, like you would listen. Because you know yeah. the mindset, everybody's there, what they're, you know, and, and you're not that, so you're, do they know I'm right. right? You feel different, like awful, yeah. awful. Like you wouldn't think now that I'm socially challenge yeah. but i am but everybody is yeah if you put me on a party i don't know what to say i, I mean, say stupid shit i don't know what to do i just you know. almost every performer that you can probably think of had that crush of something yeah it's you know a drug or a drink or whatever it's like to to loosen up to loosen yeah. up yeah, yeah. Couple of cocktails and a volume. I'm in. Let's go. You know, but straight, it's like <clears throat> I'm not getting on stage. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I went to a out. hypnotist to learn to relax, and he took me to this show. It's interesting. So he told me to pick a show. It was like one of my favorite shows that I liked, and he told me to pick it, and he anchored it. He used an anchor, and so whenever I walk on stage, I think about this show. Oh, I think true. about that show. And and even though there may only be five people there, yeah. in my head, there's thousands of people going crazy. Yeah. And so I can just walk on stage and it's no big deal. So then that kind of got me into hypnosis. And then later on, a friend suggested it for me. So uh, I did hypnosis and also neuro-linguistic programming, uh, NLP, which is also... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So you hypnotize people. Hypnotize people. Yeah, but... The trouble is, like, let's say you're looking for a hip hypnotist. Yeah. And you look on there and you look me up. Yeah. It's like, well, let's look at this. What? <laughs> Jack Christian. <laughs> pages of craziness, you know. And, yeah. You know, and then I had women coming over to be hypnotized who didn't really want to be hypnotized. They wanted to, oh, I feel like I'm losing. You know, it's like the top's coming open. It's like, look, man, spare me, you know. And... You know, still chasing. Oh wait, you. yeah. And oh, what's so funny? How do I get into this business? <laughs> I thought you were going to hypnotize me to do that. Yeah. And to hypnotize you. Well, they were well, hypnotized before they even got there. Oh, yeah. God. And what's funny? I try to explain to people like people go, "Why can't be hypnotized?" I say, "Well, do you do you read yeah. books? Do yeah. you do you read books?" And they go, "Yeah." I yeah. say, "Well, have you ever read a book that you loved?" Yeah. What do you? I couldn't put it down. I was in the book. I go, "Great." Have you ever read a book that you couldn't? that you didn't like and the words always stay the words and you never fall into the story mm. you know so when you read a book and you love it and you get in and you can see it in your mind you're reading it that's a yeah. form of hypnosis yeah. Yeah. it's like you ever do you go yeah. to the movies do you like movies yeah, yeah. you're you're you're, you're, you're cutting yourself into the story like you become the story right you know? exactly same thing with a movie yeah it's like when you fall in and the, yeah. you're just into the movie and you just you're subconsciously yeah. like daydreaming but like into yeah Right. Yeah. I mean, and, it's with, and what they call it, they call it like so. So basically, there's like a bouncer to the mind, mm. and they call it the critical faculty. And it's basically standing there in the front of the mind, and it's got its arms closed, and it's looking at something like, let's say you have an actor, and they're they're not doing a great part, or their accent's shitty, and you keep going, yeah, it's Tom Cruise, yeah, it's Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. <laughs> he never becomes the guy to you. It's always who you know you never yeah. can he never falls into it because yeah. the bouncer just sitting there no 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 so hypnosis all it is is you get the bouncer to relax yeah 
And when the bouncers relax through a story or whatever you're doing, you know, a lot of it, they hang metaphor. It's anyway. Yeah. You get the bouncer to relax and then you put in suggestion. Now, the thing about hypnosis is you can't... You better play, not be fucking hypnotized of this right now. No, no. Well, there is a bit of it always going on. But the thing about hypnosis is you can't make something somebody do something that they wouldn't do. Like, I couldn't make somebody rob a bank. Yeah. But if they had it in them where they would rob a bank, I could bring it out. Mm. So when you're talking about non-smoking or whatever it is, you don't want to smoke. Mm-hmm. You don't want to. You already it. have yeah. that. And you put the suggestion in, yeah. and the critical faculty, the bouncer says, hey, they can stay. Those thoughts can stay. They're not offensive. Yeah. So, so if it was a thought that was offensive, the bouncer would kick it out. Yeah. But... What a great little uh, analogy. Yeah, it's I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. fascinating. I was like, wow, you know, like, I've never gone to them. I know it helped you with, it helped me. with smoking. And with with Clothes. Clothes. With, yeah. um, I was all in, right? Like thinking, okay, I want to do this and paid, it was like a hundred and something bucks. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and the lady was like, it was a sweet old lady that when I walked in, I was like, this isn't going to work, you know? Cause yeah, I, yeah. Her dress or demeanor and the way she was talking, the, the bouncer in me was like, this is stupid, dude. You just wasted your money. But... When I woke up thinking I never fell asleep. Right. And then when I left, I was like, you know, we had those phones with no silence before, right? It, it would just ring. There was no, like, silent mode. I missed, like, a bunch of phone calls. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, my phone rang, like, this many times? And I was awake, but I didn't see it or hear it or, you know, right. feel it. And I was like, wow, maybe I did fall asleep. And then... The next day, I stopped smoking. Yeah, and it's so trippy. And it's not even like you're falling asleep. Like, have you ever driven down the freeway and, miss, and missed days. your off ramp? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Drove down the freeway and missed your off ramp. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're just somewhere, you're just somewhere else. It's a total state of relaxation. You're yeah. somewhere else, you know. And, it, and it, Did you do training for that? Or did I did. You, okay. I did do training for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, it's trippy. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And, and then the neuro-linguistic programming, it's, 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 all sorts of weird patterns like you know in star wars when they say these are not the droids you're looking for yeah that's legitimate yeah that really is legitimate jedi mind trick well (laughs) Well, that's what it's called a swish move it's like a swish it's a swish and then you start getting into like the brain is a computer it's it's really it's really interesting yeah like the way we access information and where you go and how you could put information away where people can access it it's, it's it's I I, I trip out just I trip out on that all, yeah you know like yeah. how powerful your mind is and well just different ways I mean something so simple as I was just this morning the kids leave a bag of cereal out and it's you know you you need a clip you know yeah and I'm like immediately I remember seeing a clip like kind of tucked behind somewhere not in the clip drawer where the utensils are you know I, okay. I you know like just the subliminal like the way the mind works I was just like oh there's a clip where it shouldn't be but I you know like glanced at it like a few days or you know it's just yeah. a, it's fascinating it's true I, I tripped out on it I'm like how that you know yeah and I didn't bounce know around. that I was using it I was using a hypnotic technique without knowing that I was using it because I'm, I, I get a little, uh, I get a little ADD. I kind of like ADD out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's, 
there's a thing in hypnosis where you hang metaphors. It's really interesting. Like, like if I'm telling you a story, I say, well, you know, we walked out onto the lawn and then a, a truck pulled up. It was a Chevy and Chevy's were made, I know a lot of time in the 70s, they were real popular. Chevy's were really popular in the 70s. The trucks, the way the trucks were, whatever, and, and the wheels. And when you get inside a wheel, like the, the roundness of it and how it spins and when it goes down the street and that you could sit in that wheel and watch it spin. Now, I just took you through three stories <laughs> in two minutes. I went from the front lawn to the Chevy to the, to wheel. the wheel spinning. Feeling happy. Right? <laughs> so, so the mind is listening and listening and listening. And when you hit the third story, I can implant suggestions yeah. inside. And this is just in conversation. And implant suggestions inside and then go back to the wheel and close that story up. And then go back to the Chevy and close that story up and go back to the front lawn and close that story up and you feel satisfied and there's suggestion that's been implanted in your mind. That's pretty cool. I want to hang out in that. <laughs> it's really a trippy thing, man. Yeah. And, and I would do it naturally. People go, God, you know, you got, what a great talk. You yeah. give these great talks. You How know? much did I make that out for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah. it's just so, so, and that's actually Milton Erickson. That's whatever. That's the guy anyway, you, the father of modern hypnosis yeah. or whatever the hell. But that's it. Hanging metaphors yeah. like that. Hanging these stories. So it's yeah. like a surgeon. You open it up, you implant, and then yeah. you sew it back up. Yeah. It's trippy. Anyway. So, and it works in... Yeah, you know we've been talking two hours, right? Are you guys yeah. aware of this? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going through like every everything, you know. Um, yeah, you've gone through. I, I'm worried because I should probably get back to yeah. work. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all good. I mean, okay. I just can't. Yeah. that. Yeah, we got way more than we for uh, sure bargained for for sure. Yeah. I just want to say thanks, uh, Jim Wu or Arthur Chance <laughs> or Jack Greggers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, man. That's uh, so good. Um, so when's the next uh, TSOL show? Um, well, Denver on Friday. We're nice. Actually, I'm flying to Denver on Friday. So, so uh, yeah, that should be interesting, just flying how out many, there. How it's... many songs do you guys play at night? Well, that depends, too. It depends on which band member you're talking, because some of us don't play as many as the other ones, because they forget them. But, uh, you know, it just, it's a pretty long set. Some, yeah. I mean, we could play forever. Yeah. That's the trouble. You know, God, we were playing, the last time we were playing, I remember looking at Ron, our guitar player, and saying, you know, let's let's wrap this up, man. Yeah. Fucking, with this People big, got their money. This is two hours, hours, man. Yeah. Blow it. We're not Bruce Springsteen, man. Yeah. How, many, how many shows? 20. You... Oh, how, that's that question. What was the question? So how many sh how many nights do you play? One night? Two just nights? one night. We just Denver up and back. Okay. And then we Denver up and back, and then I'm home, and then I'm doing a, I'm playing a character in an animated film. I, I play a character in an animated film that I'm doing. So I come back and I'll, I'll I'll pick up some lines off that that need to be fixed, and then I take off to the Big Island. I'll be in the Big Island for eight days. So. Sick. Well, yeah, a vacation? Yeah. yeah, I love vacation. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And then uh, hopefully I have this damn movie finished. Yeah. Which is, you know. It, it, let us yeah, know. Investor, self-finance, like how, how you, well, like. Like crowd people. Yeah, crowd people funny. and then money out of my own pocket. Yeah. You know. But it's like, it's huge. Like you just don't even realize how, like making a movie, you know, it's a long movie. Two hours and 26 minutes. Damn. It's like a feature movie, man. And yeah. you just don't realize. 
I, I mean, here's the cool thing about making a movie. A, a friend of mine said this. There's guys that go to film school. Yeah. They go to film school. And my buddy, this editor I'm working with, who's worked on all sorts of big movies, uh, he told me, look, instead yeah. of going to film school, take $100,000 out of your own pocket and make a movie. Make your own ha- movie. Hands on. Hands on. Yeah. Because you learn everything. You're yeah. a caterer. You're a painter. You're a sweeper. You're <laughs> yeah. driver guy. You're yeah. costumes. You're, I mean, you're in on everything. Yeah. And so basically, I for the last year, I've been in film school, really. Just kind of... That's awesome. Just... Just learning every bit of it. Yeah. You know, like we would have, uh, because COVID was going on, you know, it's hard to shoot somewhere. So I rented an office building up the street. And um, so we had a large office building and I brought carpenters in and built a set. And uh, and then I would have someone there for the interview and I'd paint the set and dress it and get it all set up. And that day we'd shoot that person. And then when they left, I would rip everything down out of the set, repaint the room, and then, you know, come back in the morning, pull the tape, redress it, sit the next guy, and just, uh, wow, you know, just just keep shooting people, changing the room every day. That's cool. Like, you know, so it was, it, it was a lot. It was cool. So you're getting close to finishing this movie? Almost finishing. Nice. Supposedly we're at 85%. Awesome. It doesn't seem like 85%. And this is the TSOL documentary. The TSOL documentary that's not really a documentary. Yeah. It's a story of six, seven... It's really like a fucked up TED talk. Yeah. Really. It's like a whacked out TED talk yeah. kind of. A lot of hypnosis. People don't know they're being hypnotized. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean... We could have talked about you running for governor when, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we could have talked Which about... Which was really about health care. Yeah. I was bitching about health care in California. I knew I had no chance of winning, but it was no, for it sure. was to talk about health care. Yeah. Health, the state of health care in California, which at the time was not a big issue, which later on became a big issue. Yeah. But at the time, nobody was really dealing with it. So well, that was getting, a quick yeah. answer to that. Well, yeah. that getting political. You know, there's a bill trying to get passed or, or, or you know, our Lord, you know... Tyrant. Yeah, Newsom is, you know, trying to overhaul and give out a lot of more money. It's yeah. crazy. But, well, um, California's got its yeah. share of problems. And then yeah. learning starting to play, with everyone living in it. And yeah. then learning <laughs> learning to play the piano, yeah. you know? Like yeah. I mean this guy Taught yourself how to play the piano too? Yeah, yeah just a little busy. bit. Not great. I yeah. haven't played in a long time, so But that I mean that's that's yeah, impressive. and it's just, and really, so... Fuck, real I quick, remember Cathedral Tears yeah, and Tender Fury. Right, yeah. and to get back to TSOL, like, we had mottos, and one of the mottos was live your life. Yeah. That was a motto. Like, that was the band's motto, and that's really what this is about. Like, yeah. it's like, hey, you want to go there? Go. Just, like... Stop like, putting up roadblocks and just fucking do it. Yeah, like, I had a, this friend of mine, Bali Jim. They call him Bali Jim. He was, uh, he's a kid, man. He was a kid, and he decided he was in New York. He's 15 or 16 years old, and he gets in his mind. He says, I want to go to California. He goes, I'm going to see California. So he basically hitchhiked out to California when he was like 17 years old, just went, and he was in California hanging out, and he says, I want to go to Indonesia. I've never been. And he just takes off and goes to Indonesia. Like when nobody, you know, it's not a lot of people hanging out over there, you yeah. know. And he, he That's went, halfway around the planet. Yeah, he went to Bali and he started an import export business and turned into a crazy thing. And he's, you know, killing it. Out. Yeah, just, just, you know, so it's basically what do you want to do? Yeah. You tell me you want to go, like when I was in high school, you tell me you want to go to Hawaii. Let's go to Hawaii. Well, y'all yeah. bailed out. Well, I'm still going. Yeah. You want to make a band. You want to make a movie. You want to write a book. You want to do a podcast. What yeah. do you want to do? 
Yeah. You either going to sit and talk about doing it, or you're going to get off your ass and do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. Good life. Wow. Anyway. Well, thank you for having me. Are you still me. surfing? Uh, not as much yeah. as I should. You're too busy fact, working. Well, it's, it's embarrassing too, man. I, you know, it's funny because I was working on a story about it that I was going to... I was going to try to submit to do this. it, or are you going to talk about it? Yeah. Well, I've been working on it. That's what I said. I have been working on it. I was yeah. going to submit to the Surfers Journal. I love that magazine. But anyway, uh, but it's like, because I, I love surfing so much. Yeah. And I used to be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Speedos. Yeah, I my Speedos all the time in the winter. I wouldn't yeah. wear any, you know, no suits. Just uh, Taco Bell Reef all the time. Yeah, everywhere. And, uh, anyway, so, uh, so then one day it wasn't good enough to go out. Yeah, like I looked at it and wasn't good enough to go out, and then that turned never two good days enough to go out. Yeah. yeah, and then and then when it was good enough to go out, I was out of shape, and then one day it was it was really big, and I paddled out, and and I thought, you know what, I'm one of those guys that I used to suggest that they get out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> because they're not in shape to be out there in that situation. Yeah, and uh, and I wonder like. Like when the story I was, I've been working on is, you know, when I lost my stoke. Like when, because I remember when I was a kid, six inches. Windy and six inches, let's go out and have a belly board contest. Yeah. Let's go body surf. Let's go, like every day was always good. Yeah. So why that one day did I say it's not good enough to go out? Yeah. And now I said, you got to yeah. go to hypnotist, bro. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's go look at myself in the mirror. And then now there's a lot of ego because yeah. I get out now and I suck. And and then people go, God, I remember watching you. you know, yeah, like, go away. Yeah, and thanks for all the goodies, man. No worries. Yeah. Well, well, Jack, that was awesome. Thank cheers. you, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Um, congrats on on everything you're doing, and I'm looking forward to hearing the movie or seeing the movie. And I'm gonna check out Code Blue Love Story. Yeah. Yeah. And when yeah. is the next? TSOL show. Denver. Book yet? Well, Denver, Denver on Friday, After and then that. we're going to do some uh, shows with uh, show with Pennywise here at the Garden Grove Amphitheater, which should be fun. Those guys have been, fr- I think, March 5th. Cool. And I was all, will also say, if you ever see me walking around town, stop by and say hi. Yeah. Come up and say hi. He'll take a photo for you. Yeah. I will, if you need it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks, Thanks for dude. having me. Awesome. Bonsai Bulls. Hands down, the best bulls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California, bonsai bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. sunscreen. (laughs) Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. 
clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.